is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk, a real live game day edition today. What's up? Jets on the road tonight with a uh, very interesting lineup taken on the Detroit Red Wings. First game action for Winnipeg since last Thursday and that very tough night at the Pepsi Arena in Denver against the Colorado Avalanche. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Andrew Hustler-Patterson with you, along with Michael Remus. And uh, we've got a very busy show today. Tons of hockey talk coming up. We'll sort of get into I know people are wondering what's up for the NFL. We'll focus in on that tomorrow. Maybe get Hacksaw or Mokan for some thoughts on the wild card weekend. Of course, tomorrow before Winnipeg Sports Talk, I'll get together with Dustin Nielsen for our uh, playoff edition of the lock shop make sure to uh, subscribe to the lock shop if you uh if you haven't already on your favorite podcast feeds um and hacksaw will join us tomorrow so we'll definitely get a full lay of the land heading into the first uh super wild card weekend with hacksaw but today tons of hockey we got dave mccarthy from uh, nhl.com and of course the uh, host of the sunday brunch on sirius xm nhl radio joining us and Tim Campbell will pop on the program as well. be real interesting to talk to Tim. He, of course, covers the Jets, Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers. Lots of smoke out of Edmonton right now. They haven't played very many games, much like the Winnipeg Jets or Calgary Flames as of late. Uh, but lots of talk about a pending contract with Evander Kane, a potential suspension to Evander Kane. And holy smokes is there, as you would expect, an incredible... Um, Difference of opinion amongst many sections of the Oiler fan base on what seems to be the expected move of Evander Kane joining the Edmonton Oilers on a prove-it deal, prorated one-year deal for the remainder of this season. Um, and we're going to talk to Dan Fink as well. As long as things work out with the Moose, they're heading to Grand Rapids right now. Um, <laughs> Moose, I don't even know how Dan called the game last night. There were so many new players in the lineup, but um, didn't matter. Shout out win for Mikhail Bird and Moose get another W. And of course, the other reason why we wanted to have Dan on today is because he'll be one of the best guys to talk about some of the guys making their debuts for the Winnipeg Jets tonight in Declan Chisholm, Dylan Sandberg. And now as for today, at coming out of this morning's news, Austin Pugnansky. So we'll get to all that in just a few minutes. Of course, to get things going, a big thank you to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. The Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Cool Bet Canada, Canadian Club Whiskey, Boston Pizza, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, and our friends downtown at F Apparel. Let's get after it and welcome in my guy, Michael Remus, Dave McCarthy, coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Remo, what's going on? How uh, how are you this morning or this afternoon, I guess? Uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's the afternoon. I'm feeling good. I'm feverishly uh, trying to keep track of uh, trying to keep track here of what's going on with the Jets lineup. Um, you know, we woke up this morning, Paul Stasny. Added to the list is what we're calling it now. He just and made the list. He made the list. And then um, then we had later this afternoon or later in the morning, Brandon Dillon and Eric Comrie also on the list, along with assistant coach Wade Flaherty. So a number of dudes on the list, but the Jets seemingly somehow still favored in this game against Detroit, even though you have Dylan Sandberg and Declan Chisholm making their NHL debuts in Austin, Pogansi making his Winnipeg Jets debut. So pretty um pretty exciting stuff here 
in terms of having an actual game to watch tonight, but also Cole Perfetti slotting in in war and, you know, the skate yesterday with uh, Connor Dubois. I think uh, Dave Lowry kind of hinted that, you know what, just because you start that way, maybe you move around. Jansen Hargens is back from protocol. Skated with uh, former Moose Ryan Kessler yesterday. We'll see how that goes and see how he's feeling. But I wonder if we'll see some mixing and matching. I mean, they didn't even skate us in groups, the forwards. We do have defense pairs. They're kind of going veteran young guy. Although Morrissey DeMello. Morrissey DeMello is still a pair. But Sandberg, Pianca is the other one. Chisholm, Schmidt. It's kind of the rundown of what's happening. Oh, yeah. David Gustafson. Everyone's asking about him. Uh, Gus Bus will be in the garage for uh, not coming yeah, out anytime soon. Further repairs, further repairs for the next yeah. little while. Your, your car won't, your bus won't be ready. Uh, if you're calling yeah. the shop right now, ah, uh, yeah, sorry, we're still looking for parts. Um, there's still some more work to be done. One of the mechanics is on the uh, COVID list right now. So mm-hmm. I don't expect, um, don't expect the Gus bus to be out of the shop anytime soon. So, okay, so let's just review for a moment, yeah. first of all. <laughs> okay, so this morning, we found out that Paul Stastny has been added to the COVID-19 list, as well as Brendan Dillon and Eric Comrie have now tested positive for COVID. So Mikhail Burden, the Birdman, who had his um, played great last night. And again, we'll talk about this with, um, with Daniel Fink coming up a little bit later on in the program towards the end as the Moose are traveling right now to Grand Rapids. Um, he will dress as the backup to Connor Hellebuck. Uh, we were wondering whether Declan Chisholm would be in or not. And at that time, we were thinking as to whether Dylan DeMello would be ready to play. Well, regardless, he's in right now because Brendan Dillon is on the list, as we just mentioned. Obviously, Eric Comrie not able to back up, so Mikhail Burden is in on that spot. So here's how things shake down going into tonight's game. We'll get into lines in a minute, but here are the players that are available for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, okay. We- Shifley. <laughs> Shifley, Connor, Dubois, Cop, Lowry, Harkins, Toninato, Veselinen, Svechnikov, Cole Perfetti, CJ Cease, and Austin Pagansky. Um, Pagansky, I think many of us, myself included, thought that Jeff Malott might be the next guy up, uh, but that wasn't the case. Malott will be the extra forward, we presume, unless someone else makes the list or gets hurt before uh, the beginning of the game. Um, so how that all shakes out, well, well, we'll get to that and we'll discuss kind of what the lines may look like. A defense, as Remus just mentioned, Josh Morrissey's in, Neil Pionk's in, Nate Schmidt's in, Dylan DeMello presumably in, and I'll, what we'll get out of Dylan DeMello, who knows, because again, he's just gotten out of COVID protocol and joined the team um, there in Detroit after spending the week in Denver. And Dylan Sandberg and Declan Chisholm who will both make their National Hockey League debuts tonight. And uh, Mikhail Burden's going to get a chance to back up. And the guy in net that may have even uh, more responsibility in his shoulders than he normally does is Connor Hellebuck. So uh, a lot to uh, a lot to wrap your head around for fans. And Remo, you can only imagine what Dave Lowry's dealing with right now heading into a game that, let's face it, the Winnipeg Jets need to have. I mean, that <laughs> we went through the schedule yesterday. We went through the standings right now with where they are in the um, central division as well as in the playoff race. Um, you know, you can't win games you don't play, but holy smokes. I mean, uh, if things continue to go the way they are with the amount of time off the Winnipeg Jets had, I mean, we could be talking about a real significant amount of space the Winnipeg Jets need to make up when they start playing hockey games tonight. So um, 
you know, they got to get this one. I mean, next week it is a, I've been talking about it all week, this four games in six days, meat grinder of a road trip playing four of the top teams in the, there's three of the top teams in the East and the Nashville Predators, the top team in the Central is going to really test this squad. Um, the good thing is hopefully they'll have some players back by next Tuesday. Uh, but the bottom line tonight in Detroit, Remo, is it is all hands on deck at Little Caesars Arena. A very important two points for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, no one's going to be claiming, uh, complaining about lack of opportunity tonight because with the amount of guys out of the lineup right now, um, certainly it's time for some guys to step up, some regulars to maybe take on even more of a load and a huge opportunity for some young guys that might get a chance to play far more than they normally do. Yeah, I mean, opportunity knocks. Here we go. Uh, Dylan Sandberg waiting for him to get his opportunity. Declan Chisholm as well. And Austin Poganski is leading the moose in scoring. And I see a lot of people in chat asking about what numbers are these guys wearing. Um, they're not even listed on the website. This stuff is happening so quickly. Dylan Sandberg is listed as number 54. Uh, Studio 54, I don't know. And the other two guys I mentioned, they're not on, they're not on the, the roster, so... Uh, pretty crazy. The one crazy thing, Hus, to me is that um, I was looking at Dom's projections. I don't know if he's accounted for all of this, but he's got the Jets as a slight favorite and the odds on Coolbet. I was shocked that Detroit was an underdog. They were, what, plus 116 before. Um, the Red Wings now plus 101, and uh, the Jets are a uh, slight favorite at minus 119. So the odds makers still think the Jets, even with all these absences, um, I guess they got the, the better goalie. Uh, I mean, they got you know the what? better score. To be honest, the they might be, be slow picking this up. I mean, I yeah. think they're, we've already seen, I mean, you pointed this out this, this morning and I kind of looked at it and the Jets were minus 137. Mm -hmm. And now as more of this news is leaked out, people are obviously betting the Detroit side of things and the Jets have come down to minus 119. So if you do have faith tonight, you're wanting to put a sprinkle on cool bet. I'd wait, I'd wait. Yeah. I have a feeling that this number is probably get a little closer to a pick them as we uh, get closer to game time, as more and more people realize just how depleted this Winnipeg Jets roster is tonight. Um, so, I, I mean, Studio 54, by the way, that's kind of a funny nickname for uh, for Big Dylan Sandberg. <laughs> as far as the other guys, um, with numbers, like, I, I, I don't even know if the Jets know what numbers they're playing. They're probably looking into the jerseys that they have with them right now and going, okay, who can we get a name bar on for Declan Chisholm and uh, Austin Pagansky, who, um, you know, was going to get the opportunity to play tonight. Um, you know, he's just joined the club, going to get taken off the, off the taxi squad, join the team right now. So it might be whatever Jersey they have with them on the road is what he'll wear. Um, this won't be Pagansky's first NHL game though. He does have six games of NHL experience before uh, we thought that Jeff Malott might make his, NHL debut tonight but um, as of right now it doesn't seem that that will be the case and from my perspective you know we've talked a lot about the uh, Perfetti uh, getting a chance with Connor and Dubois over the course of this week partially because there hasn't been much else to talk about other than practice and guys going on the COVID list uh, but it certainly is exciting to see Perfetti getting opportunity to play up in the top six and I'll tell you what this is a glorious glorious chance for Cole uh, because it's not like some of the other games where maybe you get a chance there and if it's not working, bang, there's a more veteran or experienced player to jump right into that mix. But with Stasny being out, I mean, it really, really shakes things up uh, because I think we did think that, you know, they would have at least three pretty solid lines as Smetchikov was playing along with Adam Lowry and Stasny was with Kopp and Shifley right now uh, in that top line. But with the absence of Stasny, 
I would assume that moves Svechnikov up. And, you know, whether they go Svechnikov with Kopp and Shifley to begin and continue what they've been practicing with Perfetti playing with Dubois and Connor, um, I could also see that switching quite quickly. Uh, maybe Svechnikov ending back with the guys that he has played before in Connor and Dubois. And that might mean Cole Perfetti getting an opportunity to play with Mark Shifley. And I think there'd be a lot of people that would be here for that. Bottom line is, as I said, it's all hands on deck right now. And I think there is significant pressure. This is a game. We'll talk a lot about the guys making their debuts. Let's face it. Connor Hellebuck has to have a great game. Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois. These need to be the guys that drive this Winnipeg Jets team, hopefully to two points tonight, because, man, this team needs it. We'll have another four or five days off before beginning that road trip next week in Washington. And uh, it is a bit of a murderer's row of teams that they'll be playing on the road without a lot of hockey over the course of the past three weeks. Yeah, the Jets, as you said, next game, Washington Tuesday. And then Nashville, who's playing very well. Uh, huge favorites tonight against Buffalo. Um, watch out for them. Boston, who's been hot, and Pittsburgh as well, just got Malkin back. So that's the next uh, road trip. Another weekend off. They'll be back Tuesday, as you said. But yeah, I'm kind of interested in how these um, lines are going to shake out. I think one thing you can take away is, hey, you got you know two NHLers on your top two with um, an inexperienced player. So either it's going to be you know Dubois, Connor with Perfetti, or Svechnikov. You know, the, Lowry kind of hinted he may move things around, and then Kopp and Shafley are a pair on the third line. You have Lowry on on his own, and the fourth line, well, that's your inexperienced line. So I, I would think that the top. Six are going to get a lot of minutes. No reason not to empty the tank, Huss. I mean, these guys, it's, we're in the NFL schedule. You're playing one game a week. Just let it all out. And, and I, think, I think you'll probably see some. I'm curious how the minutes are going to shake out, to be honest. Do you just ride those guys as hard as you can? You don't play again until Tuesday. I don't see a reason, a reason not to. And also, I mean, Harkins, what's he going to be like? You know, he's in, in the list, the protocol. Same with DeMello. How are they going to fare? And, um, you know, these young guys looking to make an impact as well. So there is lots, a lot of intrigue if um, the Jets were a reality show and you did it, you know, tune in once a week to see how it was going to be. What, what's this episode going to look like? And uh, I think a lot of, a lot of mystery about uh, the outcome. But if you want to be excited, I mean, they're, they're a favorite. They're still favored and they still have a <laughs> Connor Hellbuck in net, thankfully. I mean, all the other goalies are in protocols, seemingly. Uh, Comrie and Arvid Holm. So... I mean, I don't know. This should be interesting for sure. Okay, who, who's, and this is, I mean, I guess somewhat of a morbid discussion, but it is where we're at right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, the good news is these guys are all vaccinated. They're boosted. Mm -hmm. They're all healthy. I and mean, we haven't really heard any significant symptoms or serious symptoms amongst really any NHL players this year, at least with the Omicron. And that's a positive thing. But where are we at right now for Winnipeg Jets that haven't yet got it this year? Um, uh, my, yeah, Mike had the list. Hold on. This is actually good to keep track of. Well, it, it is because, um, you know, again, I mean, I, I know I don't want to be, I don't want to diminish the fact that, um, you know, these players are testing positive for COVID and so many others are, but, you know, we're getting to the point where I think there was an estimate yesterday that like 40% of the city has it right now. So it is a reality that so many people are dealing with. And, you know, again, you want to keep this in mind. This is a serious health condition. It's screwing up the entire world. Uh, but just focusing from a hockey perspective, from the Jets perspective, once guys get it and test positive and come off the list, they're pretty much clear for about three months. And you know, we sort of joked about the Flames with everything they went through in December 
might put them in actually, ironically, a bit of a good situation going forward because they know that, you know, these their guys have had it already and they won't be dealing with this going forward. Whereas the Jets have had, you know, just sort of a piecemeal added to the list. Shifley and Wheeler early on. Uh, and then, of course, Ehlers and now this entire crew that we were afraid would be getting on. So here it is. Mike McIntyre's got it up. Here are the guys that have entered COVID protocol. Shifley, Wheeler, Kopp, Veselainen, DeMello, Harkins, Ehlers, Holmes, Stasny, Bolio, Hanela, Reichel, Stasny, Dylan, and Comrie. Two very important players that haven't got it so far that need to be protected at all costs. Connor that Dubois. Are, yeah, exactly. Luke Dubois and Kyle Connor put those guys in uh, not bubble wrap in an actual bubble when they're not there right now. And, um, you know, when you look at, um, you know, obviously Adam Lowry hasn't hit that list so far this year. He's a very important player. Um, Cop and, um, you know, Harkins had. And then you get down to the fourth line. David Gustafson has not been on the list. I don't believe yet with the Manitoba Moose. I could be wrong on that, but of course he's, on the shelf right now. And, um, you know, many of these other players coming in and taking advantage of those opportunities. Um, two coaches now, as Mike mentioned, Matt Prefontaine and Wade Flaherty have done it. So Charlie Huddy and Dave Lowry, Jamie Compon right now still haven't hit on the list. So, um, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of called this last week. I mean, it's the minute you got one guy getting it right now in the midst of Omicron, where it seems to be everywhere, it was likely that there was going to be some more positives, and that's exactly where we're at right now. I mean, I guess it's good news that this game is going to be played. Certainly from a fan perspective, everyone's dying for a game to watch and be able to talk about right now. But I'll tell you what, this is about as shorthanded a Jets team as we've seen in a long, long time. Uh, but they're not the only team that have done it. Tons of other NHL teams have been in a similar situation. Uh, and there's a lot of guys that are going to need to step up tonight if they want to get a very valuable two points. Yeah, and we're getting a lot of questions in chat about what does uh, what does the Red Wings uh, team look like? As far as I can tell, Huss, I mean, looks like they've got um, they've got their squad in here. Just bringing it up, we got uh, yeah Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, who've been very good. Fabry, Suter, Zadina, Nemesnikov, Rasmussen, Ernie, uh, Giovanni Smith, Valeno, Sam Gagne, still in the league. Sam Gagne, uh, Jordan Osley, Moritz Sider, watch out for him, the big rookie. Uh, Nick Letty, Phil Ronick, uh, Mark Stahl, and Gustav Lindstrom. Uh, so, I mean, maybe after looking at this roster, as I can kind of understand why you might consider the Jets as favorites. I mean, as far as top-end talent goes, you still got Connor, Shafley, Dubois, Hellebuck. I don't know, maybe I'm just coming around here on the Jets. They're playing the, they're playing the adversity card tonight, and a couple narratives... Want to go for that revenge game? Evgeny Svechnikov going against his former team remains to be seen. If we're going to get a tribute video, but also big homecoming game uh, for Kyle Connor, Andrew Kopp. Um, I saw some some people saying, "Hey, take the uh, Kyle Connor score prop tonight," and Connor Hellebuck as well. I believe he's from uh, around the area too. So a couple hey. of Michigan guys. So we talk about Minnesota Mafia. What about Michigan Mafia? There's a nice group there. Well, I mean, listen, let's start off with the revenge game narrative of Evgeny Svechnikov. Cast aside hmm. by Steve Eiserman and the Detroit Red Wings, a first-round pick saying, you know what, we don't want you anymore. Go wherever you can go. And he ends up getting basically being a reclamation project for the Winnipeg Jets, which has gone well for him and the team so far this year. I have not seen, and I don't know, maybe I just don't go down that low often when looking at the goal-scoring props for these games, but... Uh, Svetch is plus 395 tonight, Remus, to, to score. score a goal tonight. 
he's going to be playing in the top six, you would imagine. I mean, with this injury mm-hmm. to Paul Stastny, I think he's logically, unless Jansen Harkins just shows up and is feeling great and looking like a million bucks, I, I would imagine that Svetch will be a guy that moves up into that spot, and whether he's getting chance with Cop and Shifley or whether they're moving Perfetti to that line and moving over. I, I will say this. I lo- You brought this up earlier this week. I'd sort of forgot about that background with everything that we're talking about. It's going to be hard not to put a little sprinkle on Kubat on a Svetch revenge goal tonight uh, up against his old squad, the Detroit Red Wings. One thing that is good about, you know, that you're frustrating who's in, who's out, it does create some good value on DraftKings and, and betting. Um, if you're on top of the news, you can take advantage of who's in, who's out, and putting some, uh, some dollars there. So if you're quick... I mean, you could have got Detroit as a as a bit of an underdog. They've now they're kind of getting closer together. And as you mentioned, Svechnikov, hey, plus three ninety five to score. You've seen a shot. It doesn't have too many goals this year. I think he's got like three. But if he's playing, you know, getting opportunity, that's all you need. I don't I, I don't know what Perfetti is to score or or get a point. I don't even see him. Let's see. I've got this in front of me. Is Cole Perfetti even on the list? Oh, oh. Cole Perfetti plus five seventy. Oh, sure, do it. <laughs> you know what? That's you might fun. have to hit both of those guys for tonight's game and be hoping for big performance for the guys getting opportunities tonight. All right. We'll have much more on this game and on the Winnipeg Jets. Tim Campbell from NHL.com is going to join us in a little bit. And we do hope to have the voice of the Manitoba Moose, Daniel Fink, uh, pop on. He'll tell us a little bit more about Austin Pugnanski, Dylan Sandberg, Declan Chisholm, who will be getting into the lineup for the first time tonight for the Winnipeg Jets this season. Uh, we'll do that later on in the program. And um, I'm going to talk to one of our favorites coming up in just, uh, just a couple of minutes, our good guy, our good friend, Dave McCarthy. By the way, thanks for all the comments on, uh, yeah, it was a little sparse in here. Uh, we need to get some furniture in. And um, the addition of the video games, people really, really liking. Little NBA Jam, Mortal Kombat going on here right now. And uh, a, a beautiful scene now. And as you can see behind me, a very nice day outside. By the way, a shout out to everyone that's been, uh, River Trail was packed last night they got the trees all the way now out to hugo so um you know with the weather not too bad right now certainly suggest you heading out there might have to build a shot shack or something like there for uh, for folks on the weekend that might be a project that we get into as the winter goes forward but of course our focus tonight is on the jets and the detroit red wings finally getting a game back hey before we bring in our guy dave mccarthy um f apparel is the spot for custom suits for men here in Winnipeg at amazing prices. Of course, Andrew Parks and his gang down there, Winnipeg-owned business, has been doing great things, dressing many of the Winnipeg Jets over the years. We saw Willie Jefferson in that incredible fit that he was wearing at the Player Awards back at the Great Cup. Um, F Apparel has it all, a full line of custom clothing for any occasions. Suits, dress shirts, chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, and more. Bottom line is, guys, everyone needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just $400. If you've got a wedding this year, maybe you're thinking of a pop in the question, maybe you're working on your wedding party. Uh, before you do anything, talk to Andrew and the guys at F Apparel. Your wedding party will get a 15% discount when the group buys their suits from F Apparel. Go see them at 190 Smith Street downtown or make an appointment at F Apparel. That's E-P-H-Apparel.com. Um, man, I'm feeling good, actually. I've been drinking a lot more water, taking it a little easier. Now, I haven't got a complete sober January. That's always a very difficult thing to do with the NFL playoffs. But if you are doing that, 
Vita Health has so many products for you to make it a little easier. Uh, great non-alcoholic beers from Sober Carpenter and Neil Brothers, Soul Brew Elixirs, Boreal Botanicals, <clears throat> and Clever Mocktails. And maybe you're dipping your toes into the waters of a vegan diet. Um, talk to the experts at Vita Health. They'll help you out and guide you to some great products, including Tofurky, Field Roast, Gardein, The Very Good Butchers, Light Life Beyond Meat, and more. Vita Health, of course, stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices. And um, tell you what, they've got great uh, products as well to uh, help you uh, consume all of that. Shakers, bottles, whatever you need, Vita Health has it. And of course, you can also join their exclusive Vita VIP list by texting Vita VIP to one 630 1977 Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And as I mentioned, you know, if you want to be healthier, it all starts with water. I've been drinking a lot of from our friends at Culligan and the uh, Culligan water folks have been doing it family owned for 65 years here in Manitoba is the go-to company for all things water whether it's water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, or city-wide water delivery services, the Culligan man can make the trip to your spot and get you taken care of. And if you're thinking about something for your business, uh, an incredible selection of commercial and industrial water products and solutions. If you've got any sort of water needs, you know where to start. Start at Culligan, 1200 Sargent Avenue. Give them a call at 694-5180. Tell them your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. Or check them out online at drinkculligan.com. All right, it's been a minute since we've had Dave McCarthy join us, one of our absolute favorites on the show. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been very many games lately, but we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be We've got a lot to talk to Dave with when uh, when we get him back. I believe we just sort of lost him. We'll we'll see what's happening with Dave. Maybe we have to phone him. We've had a few internet issues with Dave. Um, although earlier, especially when we were talking all summer, Dave would also be kicking back in the uh, in his yard, uh, so probably doing it off Wi-Fi. So uh, so not not too interesting. Um, uh, all right, so we're gonna hopefully have Dave coming up. Uh, we'll definitely touch on the latest with Evander Kane. And I have to say, uh, there was only three games last night, a couple early ones. I certainly did get into the uh, late game with the Leafs and the Arizona Coyotes. Big upset win for the Coyotes. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, I know there's a lot of Jet fans watching that game last night that had to have a few laughs because the Leafs got Vimelka'd as the Winnipeg Jets have been, well, well they got full-fledged Vimelka'd once here in Winnipeg. Um, and then... Vimelka almost did it again to them a couple of weeks ago uh, in Arizona. But um, lots to get to right now, both in the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference. And uh, thank God we've just got some Canadian teams playing again with this Jets game tonight. Uh, let's see if Dave can hear us right now and join us now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Dave McCarthy, what's up? How are you, man? I'm doing all right. What's going on, Huss? Well, what's going on is we finally, for the first time in a week, have a game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. We had to go all the way back to last week in uh, uh, last week in Colorado Thursday night. Jets had three games before that was another two weeks off. Um, listen, if you're a fan of a Canadian team, if you are covering a Canadian team, 
It has been an absolutely bizarre last four or five weeks as uh, the virus just continues to wreak havoc everywhere, but seemingly affecting teams far more north of the border. Yeah, it has been uh, not ideal, and it kind of feels like you're starting a new version of the regular season at this point with teams getting up and running again, having been essentially shut down for the better part of three weeks. Um, when 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 you go through that kind of a shutdown, uh, any momentum that you'd built up in advance of that is gone, um, and you you say, I mean, it's not saying it's gone for good, but you have to you have to redevelop it. It's not like carrying it over from one day. Uh, to the next day, a couple of nights later, you've got to redevelop it. And um, some teams we're seeing uh, have a bit of a tougher time doing it. For instance, the Calgary Flames uh, have lost three in a row, and they've slipped right out of a playoff position in the Pacific Division, in fact, in the Western Conference entirely, after uh, starting out the season uh, quite effectively. So um, it is it is interesting. It's going to be a test, um, and right now we're seeing a lot of Canadian teams go through it. Well, the Jets have, are going through it right now when it comes to, and it's been sort of piecemeal. Like we were speaking earlier about Calgary and, you know, in one respect, you know, they were first up and they got absolutely throttled by the virus. I mean, it went through and essentially hit in very quick fashion, pretty much the entire team and the entire organization. Um, that might help them out, ironically, going forward in the fact that they're not worrying about all this. Whereas Dave, and we just went through this list of the Winnipeg Jets, was Shafley Wheeler at the start of the year. It was Nikolai Ehlers earlier this week. Then it was four guys. And now there's another three more today. Um, you know, with the way this virus is spreading, it's hitting everyone. But I guess when it hits you can affect teams more than others. Jets are going to have five days off, I guess, in between this game or four days off and then start a real tough four-game road trip out through the East. And, um, I mean, it's really just a survival game right now for a lot of teams. And Winnipeg, for the first time, really being hit by it as hard as they have at any point this season. Yeah, there's some teams that, quite honestly, you, you entirely forget about. Like, Vancouver went uh, over a week between games uh, once they got back up and running again. Uh, they played, I think it was the 2nd or 3rd of January, that Saturday. Then they didn't have a game scheduled till the following Saturday. They got, that got postponed, and now they're... They're just getting going again. Edmonton, it's like I can't even remember the last time they played. I think it was against the Maple Leafs early last week. Um, Winnipeg, I, I forget about the Jets. Like I, they, They've been out of sight, out of mind, it seems, for uh, quite some time now. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see what this Jets team has in store because, I mean, I'm sure you're not the only one, Huss, who's been looking at the standings lately. Um, it's not all that encouraging to see the position the Jets are in right now. Mm. And with some teams that have uh, picked up some steam ahead of them, uh, they got to go on a bit of a run uh, right away here to make sure that they don't dig themselves too deep of a hole so that I, I know they'll have some games toward the end of the year that that will get made up. But uh, I'm always leery when people start talking to me about points percentage. I, I don't really subscribe to it. To be quite honest with you, I'm not interested in points percentage. I'm interested in points because, okay, yeah, you've got games in hand. Uh, they're not guaranteed points, right? You still got to win those games. And if you end up having to play um, a significant number of games in a very short period of time, yeah, you have the games on the table in front of you. It becomes difficult to maintain a run of consistency um, over that heavy of a workload. We saw it firsthand with the Dallas Stars last year. Uh, when they got decimated at the beginning of the season with their shutdown, and then they had 
We recall that uh, winter storm in Dallas that led to further cancellations in early February. And all we heard all last year was up oh, points percentage. Look, they got so many games in hand. They got so many games in hand, they're going to be fine. Well, they went on a little bit of a run, but ultimately they they fell short because I think they got worn down. So um, it's going to be important, I think, for Winnipeg to try to hit the ground running as best as they can, make sure that that hole is not uh, not too deep. Well, the bottom line is right now, I mean, we can talk about the Jets' points percentage. It's not as good as five teams in the Central Division that's right. ahead of them right now. I mean, you know, I, I was mentioning this yesterday. I just find that the easiest way to compare teams, you know, with different numbers of games and just simply look at the difference between their wins and their regulation losses. Uh, because that, I mean, the, the, the overtime losses at ties, it's basically a push. You have one point. I mean, if you want to be a 94-point team, if you think 94 points is the number that it's going to take to make the playoffs in an 82-game season, that means you're going to need 12 more wins than regulation losses. And, I mean, right now in the Central, the Predators are plus 13, 24 wins, 11. The Avs are plus 14. The Blues and Wild are plus 11. And then you get down to Dallas, who, uh, you know, just snuck in with their last win at one point ahead of Winnipeg. Um, they're plus five and the Jets are plus four through 33 games. So, yes, there's a lot of runway still left on the road, Dave. But holy smokes, um, you know, we look at this schedule, this game tonight in Detroit with basically half of their lineup out. Um, you know, you can't say it's a must win, but these are hugely important points for Winnipeg. And then next week, going to Washington, Nashville, Pittsburgh and Boston without playing at home in over a month. Um, and without playing very much hockey, I mean, if the team isn't ready for it, can generate some points and results out of that road trip with a very huge question mark as to what's happening with their home schedule going forward. I mean, you could be talking about a massive, massive hill to climb in the second half of the season. So uh, I, I think you're bang on. I mean, there's a real sense of urgency for these teams. And it's a strange sense of urgency because you're basically going from three weeks of practice into games that you know, should have a playoff type um, sense of desperation for teams like Winnipeg uh, tonight and next week. Yeah, it's, uh, I know, it's what, what are they playing, 34th game of the year here. I mean, no game really is must win 34 games into the year, but against Detroit, right, when you see the position that the Jets are in the standings, I mean, it pretty well is. You can't afford to, to give up two points when you're in the position that you're in. Like Toronto lost to, to Arizona last night, I mean, it's a tough look, you lose to Arizona, but you know the Leafs can afford it right now, right? I mean, they're in, in a comfortable position in the Atlantic Division. The Jets can ill afford to lose to a team like Detroit, who, quite frankly, has been, I think, pretty good uh, by and large this year. I think it's a real nice foundational year for Detroit. You're seeing some youngsters come into that lineup, take on responsibility, Maureen Sider, Lucas Raymond. Um, they're hanging in the mix. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think, but they're not... Um, a doormat like they were last year. So it's going to be a tough test for this Winnipeg Jets team. Um, it's it's critical that they that they start out well, but it, but it really does feel when you go through two, three weeks of practice and then you jump into games, it, it feels like the beginning of a regular season where you come out of training camp and that first week or two is kind of always sloppy in terms of the play. Uh, defensively, teams are not tight. They end up seeing a lot of high-scoring games, um, which, you know, you end up rolling the dice on those type of games. It seems to become like last goal win, uh, last goal wins type of thing in a lot of those games. And uh, right now for the Jets, it, like I said, it's it's going to be a tough test. They need to make sure 
that they they have a successful road trip here and, and come back they're not just 500 but above 500 because it's not about maintaining they got to make up some ground right now well and you know and the uh, the other teams aren't backing up uh, anytime soon so i mean you have to go and get it hey, you mentioned the detroit red wings i would imagine that most of our listeners and uh, viewers live on YouTube have probably seen almost no Detroit Red Wings games this year. I mean, they've been one of the worst teams in the league. They're playing in the East. Um, But man, they do have some exciting young players. And it seems like these lean years are finally paying some dividends with a couple of it. You mentioned two of those players that I think they'll certainly be guys to watch. Moritz Sider, who's been playing, you know, top line pairing, top pairing defense for Detroit for a good portion of the season. And Lucas Raymond has, what, 30 points in 37 games, 10 goals on the season. He was the number four overall pick in 2020. Um, These two young men are a big, big part of the foundational future of Detroit, but already paying dividends for Steve Eiserman in the rookie seasons. Yeah, they are. I mean, look, they're 37 games into the year. They're at 500 right now. So I think if you had told Steve Eiserman and Jeff Blaschel on October the 1st, okay, we'll give you the halfway mark of the season and you'll wake up that day and you'll find yourself around about 500. Would you take that? I think they're signing off on that all day long because no one came into the year in Detroit with any grand illusions of making the playoffs. Let's not kid ourselves here. But it was the year now where you're incorporating some young talent into the lineup, some highly touted young talent. Um, It was the year to advance somewhat. Like you don't want to go through another year where you're a doormat in the standings because you can't really develop that way. You can't develop when you're sitting here two weeks into November and you look and it's like, oh my word, we are in last place. We don't have a hope of making the playoffs and we've got six and a half months of hockey left to play. Man, does that turn into a grind coming to the rink every day um, and it's just not a good a good atmosphere in the room. But, you know, here they are at, at about 500. Yeah, you can kind of convince yourself that, hey, boys, we go on a bit of a run here. We win uh, five of seven. Uh, we can kind of keep ourselves in the mix, maybe push Boston a little bit. And it's probably not reality, but you can, you can fool yourself into that. Um, Ottawa right now, uh, I thought this was going to be a year for them where they were going to – take a step forward, right? At least be in the mix where Detroit is right now. They can't fool themselves into thinking they're in the mix. It's over with right now. Uh, And there's a lot of hockey left. They haven't even played 30 games yet. The Ottawa Senators, there's a long, long season left. Um, And I think if you're the Senators right now, a bit of cause for concern. I know they've got a few more players uh, coming down the pipeline. Uh, Sanderson on defense uh, should help. He's not there yet. Um, but but with what they have put in place, uh, I think it's fair to say that there has been underperformance to an extent. And, you know, do, do you have the players that you thought you might have accumulated if you're the Senators right now? Like, man, it's, it's not being reflected in the record at all. Dave McCarthy of NHL.com and Sirius XM NHL Radio back with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Now, Dave, with no games happening really this week, I mean, I know the Leafs played and there's been a few games in the States. We've sort of been talking about the same thing each and every day. Uh, One of them, of course, is I think in some ways a bit of a moving target. Um, But the month of February, uh, you've got that all-star game. You've got some time off that's sort of mandated for players at some point to have that week break, although it's strange with how much time off some of the Canadian teams have had so far. 
How do you see the month of February looking for teams like the Winnipeg Jets? Um, whether or not anything changes when it comes to how many asses we can get in this arena. Well, I think it's going to be busy, really. I mean, I understand why they've been postponing games from more of an economic standpoint uh, than anything else these days. They want to try to, as you said, to get bodies in the building because bodies coming through the turnstiles equals money coming through the turnstiles. And uh, the Canadian teams, the seven Canadian teams, uh, are responsible for driving a fairly significant percentage of the overall league-wide revenue and to have those games being played with no money in the till uh that does no good for the business everyone who complains and whines to me about the salary cap and how much they hate it well look i hate to tell you the salary cap is not going anywhere and the only way it's going to go up is if the revenue goes up and the best way for the revenue to go up is to have full buildings in canada where the buildings are one full and two uh, you're charging a lot of money for every seat in those buildings. So I get what they did. It, it made sense, but they're at the point now come February where if they want to play 82 games, regardless of people in the seats or not, they're at a fork in the road. In other words, they got to start playing the games um, or an 82-game season is going to become untenable. Uh, I think it's going to be busy. In the month of February, I mean, what is what, what was the break slated to be like 21 days, more or less? Um, so, you know, I could see I could see Canadian teams jamming in 11, maybe 12 games during that stretch, probably two or three sets of back to backs and then playing every other day in the remaining game, the remaining uh, stretch of that time to try to get as many of the canceled games uh, postpone games in as possible so that come the end of February and into March, you can kind of stick on the, the schedule uh, as it's, as it's outlined, but it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a really difficult to run for a lot of Canadian teams, especially, you know, like we talked about us teams like the jets that don't have the luxury of being in a comfortable position, in the standings at the moment. It's only, I mean, listen, we're at the 13th of January. We'll get through this weekend and we'll be on the back end of January. I would imagine that we're going to need to have some sort of announcement at some point of at least a partial rescheduling of games. Um, and the unfortunate thing for teams like the Winnipeg Jets is that, um, you know, that could mean even more losses for the hockey club because I don't certainly see anything changing around here anytime soon with the way these numbers have exploded. So anyways, and it's something that we'll be following. I'm sure we'll have some more clarity from the National Hockey League, at least somewhat, um, maybe as early as next week with um, and that poor schedule maker that works all summer to get this thing done. It's like right back to the back to the workshop, pal. Yeah. Here's half the half the games in the last last month and a half that Those needs to be put need together. Those yeah. folks need a raise in the worst possible way. No doubt about it. Um, all right, the other topic that just never seems to go away, and it's maybe been around here a little longer than other places, of course, the natural Evander Kane. Um, what are you hearing right now? It sounds like the Oilers are the team, um, but a bit of a hook, a bit of a holdup right now because of another potential suspension that could come out of his decision to travel to Vancouver, which I believe was the linchpin for the Sharks feeling that they had justification to terminate his contract and withhold $22 million and get all that cap space back. 
Yeah, I'm actually quite frankly staggered that we're talking about teams. It sounds like crawling over themselves to get an opportunity to add. Do we believe that for a minute? Or is that just his agent floating a bunch of stuff out? Like, I'll be honest. I, I You know, oh, about 20 teams were kicking tires. Oh, really? And is Edmonton the one spot? I mean, we know how desperate Edmonton is. Yeah. And I mean, and they're in such a bad situation. I mean, it kind of does make sense because they need to salvage this. And I think they think that he can legitimately help on the ice. But I mean, what about Tampa? What about Florida? I mean, those are sort of those guys that, you know, there's enough contending teams that they thought that this guy could help them win and they could handle it. I think they really would be there. And I think Evander might be thinking about some other spot, but it certainly seems like it's Edmonton and that's it. Yeah, it's possible. Um, you can never really take in these situations what an agent says is at face value. You got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, but, you know, look, some very reputable people have, have reported um, that there has been some significant interest in Evander Kane. And when guys like Elliot Friedman say so, uh, I'm inclined to believe what he has to say. Uh, obviously, not only talking to the agent, but uh, sources within uh, organizations as well, which would co- uh, corroborate both sides of the of the statements. Um, but even even you know even one team, and I guess what it comes down to is really all it takes is one uh, to give a guy a- another chance. In this case, what chance eight or nine, maybe. <laughs> um, but it just it just seems to me like if you're Edmonton. They're in a tight spot right now because I don't think they're a player away from being a contending team. I really don't. I Unless think that player's Marty Brodeur. Well, yeah, <laughs> circa 2008 maybe. Yeah. Um, because, uh, look, they need a goalie in the worst possible way. Everyone tells me about Mike Smith and how good he is. Well, firstly, he's only good to me when he's on the ice, which is not all that frequent. And, and quite frankly, um, when he has played, yeah, the numbers have been okay, but there have been some goals that he lets in um, that are just back-breaking goals. Like the goal he let in the other day against the Maple Leafs where it went off the end boards off his skating in. Uh, I'll put it this way. After what Dave Tippett had to say about Miko Koskinen in the prior game, um, if that had been Miko Koskinen between the pipes to let that goal in, I think Dave Tippett would have run out onto the ice. Um, <laughs> with his level of, of shock with his, his goaltending. So I, I just don't see Mike Smith as a guy that's going to be capable of, of giving Edmonton consistent enough net mining. Did they not give him a two-year deal in the offseason? Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> I, I, I didn't get it. To me, that made no sense um, because I thought last year they needed an upgrade in goal, and it really seemed like there were – a multitude of different options available in the off season to go out uh, and get. And to me, that would have been uh, my primary target if I was Ken Holland. I mean, you look at what Lou Lamorello has done throughout the course of his career. And whenever he comes into a new uh, circumstance, if he needs a goalie, he goes out and he gets that goalie. Uh, he went out and he got that goalie in Toronto. He got Freddie Anderson. He gave them years of stable net mining and a big reason why Toronto was able to turn the corner. Um, you know, went to, to the island, um, and he's he's done a pretty good job of of getting goaltenders in there that can uh, give you reliable net mining. Whether it's Robin Lanner, uh, now Elias Sorokin, they've got a young guy that is highly touted, and I think um, for good reason. I, I was shocked that 
that Ken Holland didn't go out and get a goalie. And, and now here we are again today sitting here talking about the fact that goaltending is in question. So they need that. They need a guy in the top six, which Evander Kane, I guess, could fix. I think they need some depth down the lineup on the third and fourth line. Another guy uh, in that area. And I think they need a defenseman as well. Like that's four issues. I don't know how you fix four problems right now on this team. So to go out and to fix one, does it make a difference? And um, especially when that one fix is is, is theoretically Evander Kane, um, a guy, and like not to be, you know, overly malicious or anything, but like, let's just look at the track record. Everywhere he has been, whether it's been in Winnipeg, whether it has been in Buffalo, whether it has been in San Jose, it has ended poorly. Why are we inclined to believe at this point that it's going to end differently this time around? Um, the track record would suggest otherwise. And to me, I just, I wouldn't be willing to inject um, everything that comes with Evander Kane into my room because I just, I, I don't see it ending in a positive fashion, especially when you have several other holes that you need to go out and try to address, which I don't think you can uh, in season. Dave McCarthy's with us. Dave, just while we're staying on the Oilers, Connor McDavid spoke yesterday um, and, um, you know, it sort of said, hey, if the fans don't like it, the media doesn't like it, you know, it's sort of too bad. There's, uh, you know, they need to win hockey games and he is getting dragged for it. Uh, fair foul. or foul? Foul, foul. Uh, they got to win hockey games. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of sick and tired of the, uh, the, the moral high horsery of so many people. Like at the end of the day, um, if if they feel he will help them win hockey games um, and there's a deal there to be made that is equitable from a financial standpoint for the Oilers, uh, they're going to go and do it. Look, we heard people lose their minds uh, about Tony D'Angelo when he signed in Carolina this this past offseason. Um, people, oh, everyone's going to give up their season tickets in Carolina. Oh, they had such a nice family atmosphere developing on that team for – uh, a couple of years now, they've gone out and they've ruined it. They've ruined it now. Um, well, you know, it, it, it hasn't been ruined. They've still got a heck of a thing going in Carolina. They've got strong leadership. They've got a good coach in Rod Brindamore. Um, you're going to go challenge Rod when he tells you how it's going to be? I, I don't think so. It's worked out well. And and I'll credit Tony D'Angelo. He, is, he has done his job as asked. Um, the sideshow from all I've heard has been kept to a minimum and by minimum, I mean, essentially nil, um, he, he's been given an opportunity and he has run with it. Um, and, and, and he's taken advantage of it. So I'll credit him with that, but I don't hear anybody complaining about giving up their season tickets anymore. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I think it's, it's ridiculous to, to blame Connor McDavid and, and to, to drag him for, for his comments because, um, guess what happens if the Oilers continue to lose games? Um, one, Connor McDavid's not going to be very happy. Uh, and then two, you're going to get the same pigeons that'll start saying, oh, look at this McDavid guy. He never wins anything. He's no good. <laughs> so, like, what do you want? I mean, it's not McDavid's fault. They, they have holes in that lineup they need help in. Um, but McDavid wants to win. And if they can add bodies to their lineup that they feel will help them win, go do it. I'm just not so sure. Um, Evander Kane is the guy, like I said, that I would add to my lineup. If no if doubt about it, right uh, Dave. Great having you on the program. Uh, what are you cooking up on the brunch on Sunday? 
Uh, I got the uh, the pot, uh, the spoon in the pot still working on a few things. So uh, we'll uh, we'll let you know. But uh, 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday and uh, should be a good one. Hey, appreciate it, pal. Let's do this again soon. Enjoy the games tonight. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, buddy. There he is at Dave A. McCarthy on Twitter. That's Dave. You can check out uh, 10 o'clock central on Sirius XM NHL radio Sunday mornings for the Sunday brunch. And you can read uh, some of his work over at NHL.com. Uh, hey, many new jets in the lineup tonight. Maybe you need that Dylan Sandberg Jersey. Maybe you want a Declan Chisholm. Maybe you're going to go with an Austin Pagansky. Well, I can tell you it, wherever you need when it comes to jets merch. You know where to start. Our boys over at Royal Sports have you covered. The biggest and best selection of Jets gear from all makes and models over at Royal Sports. Tons of Bomber Championship gear and a great selection of NFL gear. If you need to top up the collection before your team hits the playoff gridiron this weekend as a part of Wild Card Weekend. Of course, hockey's still running strong here in Winnipeg. A lot of people just getting out to skate. When it comes to skates, they're the number one spot in town hockey equipment, million-dollar stick inventory, snowboards, and more. It is all at Royal Sports, the only place you need to go for anything sports-related in town. And while you're there at 750 Pemina Highway, make sure to check out all the cool stuff over on the Kings Skate, Snow, and Surf side. Follow them on Instagram, at Royal Sports Pemina, for the latest merchandise drops and great deals. Uh, it is going to get a little colder again. And uh, right now we're in the deep freeze of winter. You know who will get you powered through the winter. Our guys over at Manitoba Battery. Donnie, Kimbo, the Godfather, they're already waiting for you. They'll be able to take care of you in person at 1026 Logan Avenue. Or you can give them a call at 783-8787 and get that battery you need it delivered to you if the car isn't running. Uh, of course, they've got so much more than just automotive batteries at the best price in town. They've also powering your sleds. And of course, as we get closer to spring and summer, a lot of those toys we can't wait to use also powered at Manitoba Battery. Check them out online at manitobabattery.com for all of their products and services. Don't waste your time paying extra at the big box stores like Costco. Shop local and do it over at Manitoba Battery. And speaking about shopping local, if you're in the market for a new vehicle in 2022, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not AutoCorp Auto team? Not over at Waverly and McGilvery has an incredible selection of vehicles on the lot. And if there's something in particular that you're looking to get your hands on, they can source it for you and get it here to Winnipeg and have you driving off the lot in it. And of course, they've also just opened the Winnipeg Car Lab, custom striping, tinting, rims and custom wraps for your vehicle. You can find out more on Winnipeg Car Lab on all their social media channels at Winnipeg Car Lab or find out more to start your search online at not.ca, but you can pop down and visit them at Waverly and McGilvery. All right, let's get into some more hockey talk. We actually have a game to talk about tonight and a lot of interesting stories around particularly the Canadian NHL teams. They deal with empty buildings, a growing COVID lists, and um, some room to make up in the standings as well. Let's welcome in our good friend Tim Campbell for the first time in 2022. Tim, great to have you on the program. How are you? I'm great. Sorry, Remo, I think Tim might be muted if you want to get uh, get him on. Oh. Hey, Tim, thanks so much for doing this. It's great to have you on the program. Um, like, I don't even know where to start with the Winnipeg Jets tonight. I mean, we're so excited to actually have a game to watch and to talk about and to get into tomorrow on the program. 
But holy smokes, when you look at the growing COVID list, um, well, certainly it's going to be some heavy lifting for some of the usual suspects in Hellebuck and Connor and Dubois and Shifley that are in the lineup and big opportunities for some some young players that probably are getting this shot maybe a little earlier and quicker than they expected. Yeah, I think there's a lot of this going on in in the NHL right now. Uh, Players you aren't familiar with, uh, a lot of players from American Hockey League affiliates uh, guys getting opportunities to make some kind of mark, uh, you know, whether it be for immediate, you know, immediate uh, jobs as soon as everyone's coming back or, uh, you know, raise their stake in the coach's eyes or in management's eyes. So the Jets aren't the only team going through this. Uh, you know, I watched I watched some of the Montreal-Boston game last night, and there there were a number of players on the Montreal side there last night that looked a bit lost to me. Uh, maybe overwhelmed and it's it's just that kind of a stage these days with growing COVID lists and and you know the the flux of it on a daily basis as well I mean the Jets are running into this this morning with three more guys added so um, you know it'll be a bit of a hodgepodge tonight Um, I think it's going to be one of those games where uh, despite everyone's obsession with line combinations and D pairs I don't think that's going to matter so much tonight as um, you know, who's got some jam and, and, uh, I'll throw this out there. You already sort of hinted at it. You know, I think who's got the better goalie tonight might have a lot to do with it. And it's probably a prime stage in my eyes for uh, someone like Connor Hellebuck to stand right up. Well, I mean, he is, uh, he's the backbone of this hockey club. And if there's a, a time of the season that they need him to be that Vesna trophy winner. Um, it starts right now because Tim, I mean, if you look at this schedule for the jets, I mean, they haven't played a lot of <laughs> hockey. They played on December 19th. They were off for two weeks. They had three games last week. It's been another week before tonight's game, about four yeah. days off. And then next week, you know, really with a lot of, with a big hill to climb in the division and in the wild card race, Washington, Nashville, Pittsburgh and Boston, it's not getting easier. And the bottom line is no one's going to be feeling sorry for them because this is happening around the league and it has been for the last number of months. Yeah. I mean, you, and you're right. I mean, it's a, um, it's a concerning situation. I mean, we are always talking here in Winnipeg about the schedule challenges and every year there's, there's something new or remarkable. We haven't, uh, we haven't seen before. It seems it's just the nature of the beast when you're, not in the Eastern time zone in the, uh, you know, in part of the bus league down there. So, I mean, last year, what was it? It was the 17 uh, games and 17 road games out of a 23 game stretch only ever seen four times before in NHL history. Um, But we've always got something like that. We're looking at here in Winnipeg, as far as what the scheduling challenges are, if it's not, you know, 12 straight games in different time zones, it's something like that came up last year. So, here we are, um, you know, because of the, the COVID restrictions and the government restrictions on attendance at, at big venues. I mean, the Jets are going to wind up playing. I, I don't know what we don't even know what the number is right now, but I think we're going to be up to nine. Is it next week? Nine road games in a row. So it's not a nine game road trip, but, you know, it's it's a challenge. And you have, you know, you're going to have a busy week next week with I think it's four games in six days uh, once they get started. And yet the two week break that you mentioned. Um, so there's always, you know, there's always the fits and starts of the schedules. And I thought it was really interesting yesterday, uh, you know, listening in on the interviews yesterday, a comment from Josh Morrissey, I thought it rang, rang really true. And I kind of admired the way he, he wasn't, he wasn't casual about it, but 
he was mm-hmm. he was just kind of accepting the the new reality and he was he was talking about mm-hmm. you know all these new guys in the dressing room yesterday for practice uh, Declan Chisholm was there and Dylan Sandberg is finally you know ready to get going um with the Jets here in a meaningful role uh, with some of the covid guys so but Josh just said you know 2 years ago bunch of new guys in the room on one day that would have been like a shockwave going through that dressing room and now mm-hmm. we just look in and we welcome the energy it's you know we're roll, learning to roll with the punches and i thought that that was a pretty it's sort of a pretty mature sort of leader's comment that you know and and recognition that things are different now and if you if you're not good at adapting now uh, you're probably going to be left behind well, I mean, everyone's adapting. Maybe no one better than the Manitoba Moose right now. We're going to have Dan Fink yeah. join us before 3 p.m. I mean, they won a game last night, Tim, with I think 15 or 16 regulars out of the lineup. I mean, we joked that in the pregame warm-ups, guys were going to be wearing like the stickers on their helmets like you do in minor right. hockey with your first name to let people know who everyone is um, because the trickle-down of this is serious. And J.P. Vijay told us earlier this week, Tim, that – he had friends and acquaintances and people that he knew through hockey that were calling him from leagues like the East Coast League, literally asking JP, like, do you know any guys that could actually just play? We need right. bodies. We don't have enough guys to play right now. And uh, it's yeah. uh, it's an incredible, almost unprecedented situation that everyone is dealing with in one way or the other. Um, certainly coaches and GMs are handling. And then, and then of course, we've got the NHL schedule maker, what they're dealing with right now. Do you have, I mean, any ideas to when we'll get some sort of clarity, um, at least to some partial makeup games going into February? Because, I mean, we're getting to the point where teams need to plan travel. They need to figure out hotels. I mean, uh, there's still a lot of work to do before these games are played with or without fans in Canada. Well, I've got no, I've got no inside information for you on that, but you know, but I do know how a lot of things work, and I can tell you this that that um, the schedule maker probably isn't getting much sleep these days. I imagine there's a cot in his office, and and maybe about six cell phones on the desk, uh, all with different accesses to probably one for each division, probably. Um, and I, I, I would be pretty safe on pretty safe ground to say the league probably has some idea where they would like to put a lot of these games. Um, and I have heard some rumblings about when some games are going to happen, but I'm quite certain they don't want to announce any of these games um, until there is some indication or some hope that, you know, the, the attendance issues and restrictions in the Canadian markets are, are, you know, are on the horizon of being changed or lifted or improved. I just can't see the NHL coming out tomorrow and saying, well, Winnipeg's going to have, you know, this game, this game, this game, Toronto's going to have this game, this game, Montreal, you know, and all the Canadian cities when they really don't have a good handle on when we might see some relaxation of these rules. So, because, and the reason for that is they don't want to have to uh, announce them and then reschedule them again. I, that, that will be a very counterproductive act if they were to go about it that way so i think you can fairly assume that there are going to be a whole lot of games played in this um in this window of blank what looks like blank time now between the all-star game and you know when the schedule was set to resume in the final week of february i mean i personally i've heard some rumblings that the jets are in some kind of you know tentative mode here to play on uh the monday after the all-star game so I don't can't say for sure that game's going to happen, but I'm sure 
the NHL has got them slotted in to play somebody right out of the all-star break when, when, you know, we had been under the impression for the longest time that that week behind the all-star game was going to be pretty clear uh, as a break for everyone, players, fans, um, you know, employees and, and whatnot. I, I think all of those breaks are out the window now and they're going to be trying to jam, you know, games in everywhere, including, I know this will really maybe cut to your heart a bit, uh, but you can expect to see uh, quite an extensive slate of games I'm hearing on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, which is normally a day the NHL doesn't take off, but, you know, it'll schedule a few early games and then call it a day kind of yielding the sports fans, uh, you know, eyes to the Super Bowl. Um, but I'm I'm hearing that that day is going to be full of games, and I don't know that any will want to go directly against the Super Bowl, but games have got to be played, and they're going to they're going to be using every opportunity like that to put games in heavy duty noon slate. If that is the case on, yeah, uh, on yeah. Super Bowl Sunday, um, 14 well, Tim, games at one at 1 PM. Yeah. I can yeah. see it now. All right. Um, you know, just on that note, um, I mean, listen, I'm not going to get into any of the politics or anything. We've had enough bad COVID takes on all sides as of late. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but, um, yesterday, I mean, you know, the premier and everyone was out there saying, Hey, we got to learn to live with this and we're going forward. I mean, it, it when you look at the numbers, I don't think anyone, has a lot of optimism that anything's changing anytime soon. And we'll get to the end of February and all of a sudden we'll be able to fill the building. I mean, let, let's just say this goes for another month into February. Is it just going to be, sorry guys, we've waited as long as we have to, and uh, you're going to be playing some games in empty buildings or is it still, is it so important that they get some revenue and minimize these losses that they could be pushed back even further or not announced to be played um, and then how much does that mean that we might have at the end of the season to be added on? Well, this is, you know, this is the, the discussion or uh, the debate or might even be an argument in some places uh, that has no good choices. It's, it's one of these poor, you know, poor debates here where there are no good choices. So, you know, on one side, the league and, you know, and I, I would say, to you in concert with the Players Association, because really their stake in this is, a, is as great. Um, you know, here are the choices. There are no good choices here, but here are the choices. Well, yeah, we're getting behind uh, Winnipeg and Calgary and Edmonton and Toronto and Montreal and Ottawa and Vancouver. You know, too bad. We're getting so far behind, you're just going to have to play your games with, with no fans or very few fans or limited fans. We can't wait any longer. And that that puts a big dent in the bottom line, not just for the teams, but also the league and also the players association, because every, you know, empty seat is a lost X amount of dollars that, well, you know, the famous, the famous thing of hockey related revenue. I mean, it, it all goes to that. So when that number goes down, everyone hurts the owners and the players alike. The, the CBA is 50, 50 on HRR. So when games get played in empty rinks, that number is going down. And what does that do? Well, we all know that that's going to either increase the escrow amount that players are going to owe back on their contracts um, and or it's going to push down the road farther the, you know, the amount that the PA has agreed it owes the NHL for playing last year basically in front of no fans. And, you know, that 50-50 that split has to be made whole at some point. The players don't want that to go any farther down the road. They were already, they've already taken that hit on their contracts you know, from last year and the year before. So they don't really want to, they don't want to really limit or, or cancel some of their revenue. They want to play in front of fans. 
So the inclination might be, well, let's just wait until we can have some fans. But now on the other side of that, what are you going to do? Well, your choices are, let's go into the summer again for a third straight year. We're going to, you know, quote unquote, ruin the summer uh, and not have a regular off season and shrink and condense and compact the off season and, you know, drive even more scouts and managers and hockey staff, you know, crazy who can't seem to get a break from anything because they have three weeks off in the summer, you know, instead of their customary eight or 10, um, you know, that's not a good choice. Do you want to play in the summer or the other choice then I guess is, well, we could make the season 70 games or 72 games or some other number that's less than 82, but who wants that? I mean, the players don't want that. That means their contract and their payments will be reduced. The owners don't really want that um, because, well, it just gets away from this 82 games and, and, you know, making the maximum revenue that that's basically cutting off some of your potential revenue. But if that is that the choice as opposed to going and playing into July and maybe beyond, God forbid, like, I don't know the answer to any of those, but, those are, are some of the awful choices that, you know, the leaders of the game on, on both sides, in ownership and the league and in the Players Association, I, I'm not in any of those conversations, but I know they're taking place. And those are all, those are all bad choices. Um, so it's kind of pick your poison. Um, and the longer we have to wait for um, things to get better and restrictions to be lifted, you know, the harder the choices get. But I don't think they get any more attractive, uh, you know, whatever happens. So, I mean, I, I think I'm as frustrated as you and a whole lot of other people and fans uh, getting a bit maybe impatient, um, but we can only do what we can only do today. And, um, you know, can I sit here and uh, do your best at what you're doing and cross your fingers that tomorrow is going to be a little bit better than today. That's the way I sit here and look at it. And, um, you know, it's not the, the choices aren't enticing as I outlined to you. Tim Campbell with us from NHL.com. You uh, you mentioned bad choices. Um, that's synonymous with Evander Kane, Tim. It's a perfect little segue to this. Oh, yeah, you're trying segue. to take the show down even farther <laughs> now today. I see. Um, I mean, you cover the the Western teams. I mean, uh, first of all, what do you make of the situation? How he is in this spot with this con con contract terminated, albeit being challenged by the PA. Um, and now a very talented but very toxic reclamation project. And um, and in particular, what do you make of the seemingly the reports that um, the Edmonton Oilers are going to be the team, the desperate team that steps up and uh, when welcomes Evander Kane into their dressing room? Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, uh, you know, I don't really think the the responsibility for this really it only lies with one person um you know i don't i don't see the league or the sharks or the players association in any way to blame for where we're at with this so um you know one person's responsible and we are where we are um it, it is a it is going to be a challenge for any team that decides to you know decides to get involved with this story at at this particular point and here's why um just generally speaking uh, we know Evander has uh, many talents. Uh, he's a, he's more than a useful player uh, and a contributing and an impact player. The problem is um, that for most most pro players and NHL players, and right now he's an AHL player, but for most pro players, 
Um, they'll spend an average, you know, on non-game day, they're on the ice for an hour. On game days, they might be on the ice for two to three hours. And so the challenge is not those hours. And, you know, none of those questions are really open for debate in Edmonton or anywhere else. But it's the other 21 to 23 hours of the day uh, that present the challenges. And, um, you know, a team that can resolve itself, that, that it can be satisfied with those other hours that are they're going to be acceptable, um, then that's that's their, you know, decision and their due diligence to go on. Uh, but that's the challenge. It's The hockey part is not the challenge. What does it say about the Oilers that they're the team that is uh, stepping up to Evander Kane? To me, it paints them as the most desperate organization in the National Hockey League. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe. Uh, yeah, I don't really know, but I, I don't believe they're the only ones. Um, but I think what you said is accurate. Um, it's amazing because I mean, if this is if this exact scenario was playing out six weeks ago, Tim, and the Oilers are near the top of the Pacific Division, do you think that they're even mentioned in this conversation? Probably not. <laughs> Uh, you know, I um, there was a number of teams that you thought might be able to take them on. Um, and, and I thought it was going to be one of two teams, a desperate team that might be able to give them some more money because, I mean, listen, if he loses the 22 mil that, that mil, that mil was already accounted for in the bankruptcy proceedings that have taken place. So, um, you know, the money, even though we're talking about a low cost for NHL standards, one year deal is important for Evander. Um, and then the other teams that I thought, you know, would be, a team like Tampa, for instance, that has a championship pedigree that doesn't need him, that has a established leadership group that, you know, a player that if he came in and was causing them problems, they could simply say, get the hell out of here. You know, nothing risked, nothing lost, and and they will be fine after that. Um, but it, the fact that we're hearing this number thrown out, that it's $1.5 million prorated for the season to Edmonton, Kind of tells me that maybe a lot of this stuff about 20 teams kicking tires or being interested in Evander Kane was greatly exaggerated um, because we know word travels fast in the hockey world. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that has been reported that's been public. I think there's been a lot of stuff also that maybe hasn't hit Sports Center that decision makers in the NHL know that Evander Kane brings a lot with them. And, uh, and I think, in my opinion, Tim, that's maybe... I am I, a lot more skeptical about hearing all of these teams that are in on them, especially with this number that's being reported at 1.5 prorated for the Edmonton Oilers with the situation that they're in right now. Well, the prorated, I mean, it, it makes complete sense. I, you know, I don't, I don't have the idea that the Oilers or, you know, about 24 other teams in the NHL have very much cap room to, to throw at a, an addition, any addition, whether it's this one or any addition, like, there are a lot of teams that are within a million or two million of the cap if they're not over and into LTIR. Um, so, you know, a bit of creative accounting and you know, some folks think the short-term, you know, temporariness of, of this situation will be helpful for the team and for Evander. I, um, I don't know where I fall on that. Um, uh, but, uh, it, you know, it will surprise me if whatever happens uh, doesn't include some kind of out and for both sides, because um, it's, it's simply a risk. Tim Campbell with us, Tim. I mean, you do a great job covering all the, uh, the Western teams. We're of course focused here on Winnipeg and 
the entire story over the last three weeks has been, uh, you know, a three-game road trip. And other than that, three weeks of practice and now the ever-growing COVID list. I mean, Edmonton has been sort of the hot spot in the league, um, not for COVID, but for bad play, angry media, fans losing their minds, and pressure on the head coach and general manager. What's going on with the Calgary Flames? I mean, they were sort of the first team that got decimated by COVID. And, and you know, in some ways, maybe this ends up being a positive, ironically, for them that, you know, hopefully everyone's fine coming through it. But they got it all at once. They're still having a ton of games that are canceled right now. But, um, you know, they're in a, sim- a similar situation to Winnipeg where, you know, they're sort of right in there around that wild card line, um, maybe in a weaker division but still have a long ways to go and have not played very much hockey. I mean, uh, what's happening in, in Calgary and how do you see things going when the flames get back on somewhat of a regular schedule? Yeah, I think, I think the flames will be a team that a lot, a lot of teams will kind of be looking at to see what happened, happen and, and happens to them as they come out of the, you know, the long COVID list and, you know, they're basically through it all now with, with most of their team. And they've been back practicing for a while and they've run into the, you know, other postponements that really aren't, you know, where they haven't been involved where they were kind of involved earlier in the first shutdowns of, of all their games going away. So, you know, the Flames, they, they had a road trip to the East. They lost in Tampa and Florida. And, um, you know, I heard Daryl Sutter saying, you know, that they didn't measure up, that uh, it was good, be a good wake up call for them and it will illustrate for them the areas of their game they'll need to work on. I, I, um, I was listening to a, uh, to a Milan Lucic the other day, made a really good point that, you know, the Flames, they've actually gotten off to a good start this season. I think they've surprised somebody that, you know, they, they put together a better team game than many expected. And one of the things Milan was talking about was what they learned on this road trip where they, you know, failed in three straight games, was that they're going to have to learn to play with more pace for more of the game, you know, every team, even the worst teams can, you know, play you a zippy 20 or 30 minutes. I mean, every, every team's got that, whether it's because they're young or they've got some skill, uh, maybe inexperienced, but you know, that seems to be what you can expect from even the poorest teams in the NHL, but the flames, you know, they've got higher hopes than that. And, you know, they learned that maybe 40 minutes wasn't good enough against the Florida Panthers and, 45 wasn't good enough against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, you know, that number needs to go up, that they're going to have to focus on their pace more often and for more of a game. Uh, You know, and that's the sense of where I get where they're at right now. They've been practicing a lot, like the Jets and like the Oilers and and like Ottawa. uh, And they are back in action tonight against Ottawa at home. And, uh, you know, uh, sort of a – it'll be uh, with limited fans, I believe, and I would think there'll be a big enthusiasm on both sides for this game tonight, um, just because these teams haven't been playing. In fact, I was, I was looking earlier today. I mean, tonight is a, it's, I don't know, it's almost like a party night in the NHL. There are actually 11 games scheduled tonight. And I, I'd have to go back a ways to find a night, you know, it'd probably be in earlier December where there are 11 games on a given night in the NHL. I mean, the pickings, uh, you know, I, I don't, at least I know on my NHL app, on on my Apple TV, the pickings for games have been very slim in recent nights. Some nights where we don't have any games. So there's 11 tonight, and Calgary and Ottawa are on that slate tonight. And I would think, just like a lot of other places, probably with the Jets, uh, 
Uh, but there'll be a lot of enthusiasm for the simple fact of playing a game tonight. Hey, you know what? I, you know, I, we've talked about this for the last couple of days, although the stories haven't changed much the last couple of days without games to happen. We finally got one tonight. But I'm interested in your perspective on this. I mean, another year where there's a pretty significant difference between what Canadian teams and thus Canadian NHL players are dealing with than their counterparts south of the border. Um, Tim, when we get to free agency, whenever this season ends, considering what's happened this year, coming on the back of the last couple seasons, do you think this is going to impact Canadian teams' ability to sign free agents on the open market when teams have a choice between Canadian and U.S. clubs? Um, well, I don't know the answer to that, Huss. It's a, it's a, it's an A plus question. Um, but I will, I know, I know half of the answer. It's, it's not going to help. Um, how much it will hurt? I, I think it's maybe a bit too early to say because, um, you know, I think honestly, I think players like fans, like, you know, some of us uh, who report on the game, we tend to have really short memories. So if somehow things, you know, get markedly better uh, in a couple of months and the season were to finish with a flourish and the playoffs would be a rip-roaring success for whatever great stories or underdogs there may be when we come to free agency in July, um, you know, maybe some of this woe and cynicism will be you know, in the rearview mirror. And I think you would agree with me that when we could get this into the rearview mirror, we'll be very happy to give it a push, you know, um, so we can kind of forget about it all for some amount of time. So I, I don't know. I think it might be a little too early to to worry about how deep that will go, but I, I don't see it helping in any way. So I, I think you're right to identify the issue. Uh, Tim Campbell, Tim, um, you know, there's going to be presumably a bunch of games made up in February and, you know, hopefully mm. most of this schedule will be made up, whether that is possible, whether it happens as planned, we will see. Um, but do you think this affects or, or how will this affect the trade deadline at all? The deadline is what is the 21st of March. Um, so, you know, I mean, the Jets at times were not really supposed to play. I don't think they had a home game at any point in the month of February on the original schedule. And the and others are the same. Yeah. And, and then you, you came into March and there was a number of games and boom, then there's the trade deadline. I mean, especially if teams have, you know, six or seven or eight games that maybe are being tacked on to the end of the year. Um, how challenging do you think that'll be for general managers when making their buy or sell decisions, um, you know, which are often, it can be franchise changing depending on how aggressive they want to be at that deadline. And uh, I guess the other part of that would be there, there'd be any possibility of the NHL maybe tweaking the timing of the deadline depending on how many games get played before March. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if that's possible. Like if, you know, just as a complete hypothetical, um, you know, the NHL were to say next week, well, we're going to add two weeks on to the end of the schedule and we're just going to bump it. All of it's going to get bumped. You know, the draft, the, uh, you know, free agency, the Stanley Cup final, everything's getting bumped out two weeks. I, I don't even know if that's possible to say that at this point of the game, but you know, if they were able to, if they were to do that, I would suspect, given that the CBA is just, it's a mathematical formula of what is, I, I forget the number exactly. Is it 40, 
40 days from the last day of the regular season or something, I, I would assume that the date could be moved if those other things could be moved. But I, I don't, I'm not sure if we're not too far down the road to, to have that changed. And that said, um, you know, the, the managers are juggling, they are juggling probably more than they've ever juggled in any of their careers. Um, you know, and that's including that we've gone through, you know, two kind of wacky disrupted seasons already, but here we are again with a new whole new range of disruptions and, you know, every team's got needs. I mean, there are some good teams out there, but there's no perfect teams. Everyone's looking for something to add something. Um, and I don't know, like to me, it gets harder and harder every year us to, to have a, the trade deadline as a, as an impactful, important event because look at how many teams as i said to you earlier are squeezed to the cap um you know that that max cap number is like a magnet teams want to spend there are a lot of teams that think they have a chance they want to give their coaches the best chance they can so they they max out their cap dollars and when you come to that deadline it really does handcuff what you can do now some people are good at some managers are good at getting creative some managers are willing to you know sacrifice the futures but but to make a cap compliant roster after or at or after the trade deadline is no easy feat probably as hard this year as it's going to be ever and you know and that's all you know discounting the fact that there aren't further changes coming like a shortened season or you know some other cap provisions that the league and the players association may you know have no choice but to agree upon because of the continuing pandemic so um, you know, I, I, Ken Holland was asked about this um, on Tuesday when he had his uh, his sort of short press conference in Edmonton about the the trade deadline, and it was more about Edmonton's needs. But you know, he did mention off the top, like how many trades of significance have you seen this season? And the answer is almost none. I mean, we had the Jack Eichel trade earlier, but that that's kind of a different circumstance forced by more forced by a player situation than it was by a team or two teams or even three teams looking to make a deal. Um, you know, so take the Jack Eichel trade out of the season and you don't have much in the way of transactions going on. And that's not because general managers aren't trying to make their teams better. It's because they're, they all have cap handcuffs on and it's of their own doing. It's decisions they've made to spend their dollars earlier and not wait for the deadline. So, to me, the deadline is becoming, a, you know, despite what network television, uh, sports television would tell you, you know, the be-all, end-all day of the hockey season, it's becoming a less and less important event, really, when you look at the little room that the general managers have to, to work with. No, that's great stuff. Hey, Tim, before we go, I just want to take it back to the Winnipeg Jets and to tonight's game. But before we that, uh, listen, it's just about been a month since um, Paul Maurice resigned and Dave Lowry's been on the job, and yet... Well, they played a game that night in the, the on the 17th, um, and they've got four games in the book since then, and this will be um, game number six for Lowry. Um, is, what have you noticed about Lowry? I mean, about the, his challenge coming in as an interim head coach, and I mean, I guess looking ahead, what do you expect from Dave Lowry and this hockey club? Um, you know, with the you know now with some time that's been somewhat removed since uh you know a coach that had been synonymous with this club pretty much almost every player every game since they became Winnipeg Jets I honestly think you know in my own eyes it's way too early to to make any conclusions um 
like this is not enough of a sample size of five games in almost a month. It's just not um, uh, with some very bizarre circumstances. And the only thing I'm going to say is this, and it's it's something that sort of stuck with me here for this month that we've gone or, you know, it's what is it? It's four weeks tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the day of or the day after, this is this is the one thing that stuck with me with the change. And that those are the words from Andrew Kopp about, you know, and he wasn't even certain of the answer, but he did say that, uh, what will this do in our room? Well, it's probably going to make some people more uncomfortable because they were used to Paul Maurice. Um, methods, uh, tactics, personality, uh, um, you know, parameters, the limitations of emotions. You know, you get used to someone you're dealing with, whether it's your boss or your colleagues. And now you put someone else there in charge who's got a different personality. And, you know, that uncomfortable factor is now in the equation. And we haven't seen the Jets play enough to, to really see what that is. But I think going forward, and, you know, just some very afar observations of Dave Lowry from interview, the interview room um, once, and then on Zoom the rest of the days, of kind of the body language that, you know, Dave strikes me as a, he's a very, very serious guy. Um, he's insightful. I get the sense he's very confident and he knows what he wants. Um, and he's kind of a no-nonsense guy. And I'm wouldn't be to suggest that Paul Maurice wasn't any of those things. Um, but I think Paul had more of a, what's the right word? More of a, uh, more of an outgoing, I don't want to say people person, but just, he was a, he was an outstanding communicator and a, a real sort of empathetic human being where Dave to me is a bit more close to the vest and, um, you know, in his outward personality, a bit more of a serious guy. Uh, not and not to say that Paul Maurice wasn't serious. He was he was dead serious most days. But it's just a it's just a vibe. And you know, I get the sense that um, that change is going to make some people in the Jets' room uncomfortable. And how is that going to translate here for the next three to five months of the season? However long it's going to last. I think it's way too earlier, way too early to say, um, but it is a change, and it's kind of the thing I'm watching to see. You know, as any is any player from player A to player Z, you know, are they willing to step on the gas in a different way when they're out there because they're maybe a bit uncomfortable or a bit unsure about their standing with the team? Are they willing to push the envelope? That was what Andrew was suggesting that day. That uncomfortable feeling in their room can force some players to push the envelope a little more. Will we see that from the Jets? I think it's too early to say. Last one for you, Tim. Uh, All week long in this week of practice with um, some players away, Cole Perfetti's been practicing with Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, The plan was to play him on that line going into tonight, and now you've got another player in the top six out in Paul Stastny. I'd imagine that means Svechnikov probably gets up into that top six, but specifically for Perfetti, um, this game tonight, very different than his other games getting into the lineup. I mean, before, you know, it was a young player and we'll see where he fits in. I mean, maybe we'll get a bit of time on the second PP. What do you make of his opportunity tonight against Detroit? Um, probably playing some pretty significant minutes with some of the best players in the jet lineup. 
Well, it's probably a little unfair to lump Cole Perfetti into this this group, but hey, when you're in an NHL game, um, there's two things: people are counting on you, and you're you're being paid very well to do it. So I, it doesn't matter if you're 19 or 37. Um, I think the expectations should be about the same. So, and so here's my answer: like I I don't know. But I'm really eager to see if Cole Perfetti would be one of those guys who maybe is a bit uncomfortable because this really wasn't this really wasn't the plan to have him in there. But they need him now because of the COVID list. So is he someone who could push the envelope a little bit tonight because he's not real comfortable? Is he is he able to push the envelope? Maybe and do something in this game that he wouldn't have been able to do four weeks ago or three games ago or even two practices ago? Is he is he ready to push the boundaries of what he can do to help the team? I don't know the answer to that. Is it a lot to expect? Well, I guess it is, but that's the kind of thing that's going to make the Jets better. Um, so we'll see. Well, great opportunity for the young man, along with Dylan Sandberg, Declan Chisholm, and Austin Pekinanski, who will all be in the lineup tonight for the Winnipeg Jets as they have a large number of regulars out on the COVID-19 list. Tim, thanks so much for the time. Always appreciate uh, chatting with you. Um, stay warm, stay safe, enjoy this game tonight, and uh, we'll look forward to doing this with you again uh, down the road. Hope I'll see you at the rink real soon, Hus. <laughs> you got it. Have a great one. Follow him on Twitter at TimNHL, and uh, you can read all of his work at NHL.com. We are not done talking about uh, the Jet Red Wing game tonight, as well as a number of the players that will be getting into the lineup. And speaking of Coach Dave Lowry, we'll hear from Dave Lowry in just a few minutes. And Daniel Fink, voice of the moose, will join us from Grand Rapids before the top of the hour. Um, you know, I see a lot of uh, uh, belated birthday wishes to uh, to Michael Remus. Um, and a lot of people inevitably going back to, uh, well, cheers yourself with a little brown jug. I myself will look forward to going out watching the game tonight, having a couple little brown jugs and getting some sense of normalcy. And of course, if you're looking for a cold one with some pals, whether you're watching the game outdoors or just at home, little brown jug, Winnipeg's favorite beer, celebrated their five-year five anniversary last year. They've got the Brute IPA available right now that was uh, brewed just for the anniversary, the winter variety pack with four popular flavors of Little Brown Jug beer. And of course, the standard itself, the 1919, which is available at tap rooms, beer stores, and bars and restaurants throughout the city of Winnipeg and Manitoba. They've extended their free delivery special right now. So if you are staying at home, I know Kabilis and some of you guys uh, had like so many of us spending some time in isolation. Uh, I'll tell you what. Case in 1919 will make that isolation a heck of a lot more fun. Go to littlebrownjug.ca, order it online, and get it delivered to you from our friends over at Little Brown Jug. And, of course, you can always pop in and pick it all up at the Tap Room on William Avenue. Um, our friends at Boston Pizza are ready for the game tonight and a great spot to go for the game because guess what? You're not going to get kicked out before the end of the third period. 6.30 start tonight which means we'll have plenty of time to get this Jets-Red Wings game in, so your local Boston Pizza Lounge is open. If you're planning on ordering tonight, get those gourmet pizzas, Boston Wings, maybe try one of the game day deals. Find out more online and order at bostonpizza.com. Uh, quick Princess Auto Curling Report. 
We've been waiting for this news all week long, but we finally know who is going to be wearing the Maple Leaf as our Canadian mixed curling representatives in Beijing. That was announced this morning, and it is Rachel Holman along with John Morris. Of course, John Morris, a former gold medalist, along with Winnipeg's Caitlin Laws in the mixed. Caitlin already busy with the Jen Jones rink going for gold in the women's team event. So it's Holman and it's Morris. Um, you know, it was going to be a controversial decision no matter what happened because of the fact that the trials in Portage La Prairie didn't happen as they were supposed to at the end of December. But two incredibly decorated curlers going for gold in Rachel Holman and John Morris. Of course, Princess Auto, great sponsors of curling and the Jen Jones rink and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto, a family-owned business nationwide, headquartered right here in the city of Winnipeg. Their home, two local locations of Princess Auto that you can pop in in person or you can shop online 24-7, 365. All right, um, let's get Remo back in here for one second. Um, some great stuff with Dave McCarthy and Tim Campbell. Uh, we will get to the cool bet lines. Coming up just before, we'll give you an update on that game, on, on what the Jets' um, Red Wings line is tonight, as well as all the other action in the National Hockey League. A very busy night tonight as Tim Campbell rolled out. Uh, but Remo, I guess we still have time to maybe get the coach in and then hopefully hook up with the Fink before the top of the hour, huh? Yeah, Dan said he is on his way to the hotel and he'll hop in. He has the link. We actually had some one Jets transaction uh, during that call with, with Tim. Uh, Jeff you have a Mul transaction to announce? Yeah, yeah. no one's on the list. Not that, Good. but Jeff Malott has been recalled from the taxi squad on an emergency basis. So I saw Scott Billick and others speculating that it's just insurance in case something happens during warm-up, you need another guy. Um, but he'll likely be a healthy scratch. So Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be the extra guy. And he mm. was with the club or on the taxi squad. Essamont came on as Dave Lowry. We'll hear from Dave Lowry in just a second. Let me know when it's ready to go. Um, uh, Pogdansky will be the guy going into the lineup tonight and, uh, Jeff Malott will be the extra and, um, God knows stranger things have happened. Maybe Malott will get into the lineup uh, tonight too. Um, had a real strong season last year with the Manitoba Moose, um, playing very well again this year and a big part of the success that the Moose are having. We'll find out how the heck they're doing it and who was doing it last night with Daniel Fink coming up in a few minutes. Um, but if we can right now, let's hear what uh, Jets head coach Dave Lowry had to say earlier today as, uh, you know, he's only half a dozen games in or will be tonight into his NHL head coaching career as the interim coach of the Jets and dealing with um, well, a situation we haven't seen. We've seen it around the league, hadn't seen it here in Winnipeg yet, but uh, a pretty makeshift lineup tonight for a very important game against the Detroit Red Wings. Here's the coach, Dave Lowry. Uh, morning, Dave. Uh, what can you tell us about Eric Comrie and uh, Brendan Dillon, first and foremost? Yep. Uh, both guys entered into a protocol today. So unavailable. How does it affect uh, what you're going to do up front? Will you be uh, inserting some of the guys that were put on the taxi squad today, either Malata or Pagansky? Pagansky, well, uh, he's on his way in, and uh, he will go into the lineup. Next to uh, Kelly Moore from 680 CJOB. Go ahead, Kelly. Uh, 
Uh, morning, Dave. Uh, just with respect to now Paul Stastny, and you've just mentioned Eric and, and Brendan. Uh, are Eric, Brendan, and Paul all in Detroit? Paul is in Winnipeg. The other two guys, are uh, they were positive this morning. So they, they found out uh, just before we were going on the ice. Go back to Kelly Moore. Go ahead, Kelly. So, Dave, uh, in terms of uh, of the lineup, then uh, uh, some of the lines that you had in practice yesterday uh, uh, could remain intact. But has this latest development uh, uh, forced you to maybe shuffle the deck a little bit more than you were anticipating? Well, when you lose two forwards, you're going to have to make some changes. And, uh, yeah, we will. Um, I still want to just make sure that uh, these guys get in uh, before – before we really solidify what our lines are going to be. Um, you know, I know Perfetti's been with Dubois and Connor the whole, the whole week. Start of the game, that might be the case, but uh, Svetch has also played with them and has some uh, familiarity. So those are things that we will talk about here this afternoon. And when uh, game time starts, you know, I, I think the lines are going to be a little different than, uh, than we had anticipated. Go next to Sarah Orleski from TSN. Go ahead, Sarah. Thanks, Dave. I know that you said yesterday that when looking at Sandberg and Chisholm that you wanted to pair them, obviously, with veteran uh, defensemen for it. But what was it about Sandberg and Pionk that you thought maybe could be complementary? How would you go about deciding on which vets you would you would place with them? Well, Dilly, Dilly plays with me, and uh, Schmitty can play the right side. So what it does is it keeps it keeps both these young guys probably in a position where they are most comfortable. Um, and if we do have the ability to uh, move Schmitty up if we have to, and you know there there will be some probably some juggling going on tonight. Um, you know, like I said, the pairs that's the way we're going to start the game. That's the way that we anticipate. We also have Melo who hasn't skated. Uh, he he skated yesterday on his own. He skated this morning. But he also had a week off, so we want to see how he uh, factors into the game here as well. Go next to Mike McIntyre from the Free Press. Go ahead, Mike. You're on mute, Mike. One player we haven't asked you about here for a bit, uh, David Gustafson. I know he's on IR, but is there any update on sort of his status and how close he might be to returning? Uh, he's uh, my understanding is is he's still a ways away from uh, from playing and like to, to be perfectly honest the guys that aren't traveling right now I'm more concerned about the guys that I have available tonight and uh, but Gus right now is uh, he's not coming back anytime soon. I'll go back to Kelly Moore. Go ahead, Kelly. Dave, what does the video tell you about Detroit uh, in terms of? the style they play, and their record at home is a lot better than on the road. So in the video, do they play a different style of game uh, uh, at Little Caesars than they have away from home? I think the big thing is they're, they're extremely comfortable in, in this building, um, and, and they do have a great home record. And that's something that uh, we've talked about with our group is this is going to be a game that is we're going to have to be prepared to skate. They play, uh, they play a fast game here. And obviously, they're very comfortable. They get their, they get the last change. They get the matchups that they want. So we'll have to just make sure that uh, we play an intelligent game. All right, there's the coach, Dave Lowry, in all black today. 
all black, all business. Certainly was all business at the start of the uh, at the start of the presser, but um, no BS from Lowry uh, and, and and sort of funny. To be honest, when he was asked by Mike about the um, about David Gustafson, well, first of all, him telling Mike that he was on mute, I think, got a crack out of uh, got a chuckle out of many people. Um, but he's exactly right. Um, you know, he'd love to be talking about David Gustafson, but until David Gustafson's near playing or with the club right now, he's just got to worry about putting out these fires that seem to be coming up every morning when the PR team heads out after testing and lets people know who's been added to the list. So. Very interesting, uh, interesting lineup tonight. Um, you know, he did touch on Cole Perfetti. Probably will start off with Connor and Dubois, but depending on how that looks, Svechnikov could absolutely go there. I'd actually have some time for Perfetti getting some uh, getting some time with Shifley and Andrew Kopp. I'd imagine that he'll play in the top six, and again, we'll see how things go. Make no mistake about it, though. The Jets, as Tim said, um, big game for Connor Hellebuck tonight. His team is going to need him as undermanned as they are. And Austin Pagansky gets into NHL game number seven, played his NHL debut two years ago with the St. Louis Blues, got in five games last year, still looking for his first point as an NHLer, but has had a heck of a season so far with seven goals and 20 points in 30 games so far for the Manitoba Moose. Speaking of the Manitoba Moose, Daniel Fink's going to join us in just a few minutes. Um, a big shout out to our friends over at DQ, the Nick and Nikki DQ group. Great sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk with four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. The DQ out in Niverville, as well as the DQ in Northgate. Both have drive throughs if you want to do a quick DT before the game tonight, as well as the DQ Polo Park and DQ St. Anne's. And right now for a limited time, the DQs are featuring the Buffalo Chicken Fingers I always love the honey barbecue chicken fingers. Can't wait to get my hands on some of these buffalo chicken fingers. If you have the opportunity to uh, pop by one of the Nick and Nicky DQs, make sure you try them. And uh, we saw the big spread that Remo had yesterday. It was treats and pizzas for his birthday. Those are always a great addition to any dinner. And if you do have an event coming up, maybe a birthday, a little party, spice it up with a DQ ice cream cake. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Let them know what you're looking for. They'll get it custom made for you, ready to pick up quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. Uh, of course, tomorrow is Friday, and that means another marble race on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, our friends at Canadian Club, our official whiskey, the official whiskey, the Bombers have uh, teamed up with us for some great co-branded merchandise, which is available now tomorrow if you are able to be the first marble across the line. So make sure to join us tomorrow for that live on YouTube sometime between 2.30 and 3 o'clock. And of course, you can always get the uh, OG Canadian Club available at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart. And uh, make sure to check out the Jim Beam display as well for a limited amount remaining special 2021 Blue Bombers Grey Cup Championship merchandise. So we're going to bring in Dan Fink, uh, from the rink in Grand Rapids in just a second. One quick bomber note I should mention, speaking of the bombers, great news for Mike O'Shea and the special teams unit today. The GOAT, as they call him, the greatest special teams tackler in the history of the Canadian Football League, Mike Miller, announced as re-signed with the club earlier today. Um, and by the way, bomber fans, if you happen to miss yesterday's program, make sure to go back and check out the YouTube or the podcast uh, we kicked things off like in the first five minutes of the program with a visit with Jackson Jeffcoat. 
Uh, just got some amazing feedback on that interview yesterday. He was really, really fun to have on the program. I would suggest watching it on YouTube. You can get a tour, a driving tour of Austin, Texas at the same time. Uh, but Jackson Jeffcoat was phenomenal with us on the program. So if you are a Bomber fan and you missed that, make sure to go back to yesterday's show and check that out. We will get to the cool bet lines with Michael Remus before the end of the program. But uh, let's check in with the voice of the Manitoba Moose, Dan Fink, who has been kind enough to join us today, fresh off the bus and in Grand Rapids, getting ready to continue this road trip. And uh, Finker, what's going on? Thanks for doing this. And how are you? Literally just stepped off the bus, uh, straight onto uh, straight onto the ice here in uh, Van Andel Arena. So uh, able to keep up the streak of good background. So I'm happy with myself. But it's been uh, it's been a wild uh, wild week or so, but a very successful one for the Manitoba Moose. We joked yesterday that the morning or the morning skate or the pregame skate yesterday would have had um, you know the players with their names on their helmet, like you have in Timbit hockey. Um, because of all the new faces, uh, tell us about like, we'll get to the guys that are playing tonight for the Winnipeg jets, but I mean, what a win last night for Manitoba and tell us what was it like preparing for the game as a play by play guy with a bunch of guys you probably never heard of two or three days ago. Well, I mean, I mean, l luckily for me, a couple of those guys had uh, seen play in, back in junior in the, the WHL in Keone Teixeira and uh, Matt Alfaro. So I was aware of those guys. Chris Martinette, our communications coordinator, uh, Anthony Fusco, had in uh, in Brampton with the Beast there. So that was helpful as well. So got to got to know a couple of those guys. But uh, luckily for the Moose, I mean, they really worked hard this offseason to fill out their depth. So they knew they had guys to call on should something like this happened and so they had plenty of guys coming up from the ECHL a lot of those guys already pressed in the service up front they called up three defensemen and then finally had to dig into the professional tryouts couple of guys I mentioned there but guys like Tristan Pomerleau, Trent Bork they'd already been in the system a little bit they'd had a chance to work with this team in training camp of course Bork got into a whole bunch of games last season with the team in that shortened campaign so uh, some new faces in the lineup but some familiar ones as well and you know what for my money, that win last night was Manitoba's most impressive. Probably their most exciting was the uh, last second win with Harold Eagles scoring that goal with half a second to go in Texas after an absolute barn burner game. But that was as impressive a win, Huss, as you will ever see a hockey team put together. I mean, the work that that team had to do to come together quickly, to get everybody locked into the systems, and then to just play it pretty much perfectly i mean they had to go out there and play in your perfect game they had six nhl contracts in the lineup compared to 12 for milwaukee and uh, they knew they what they had to go do and they went and just did it and they got an excellent effort from mikhail burden who hadn't even been between the pipes in a month for a game and just goes out there was rock solid picks up his third shutout of the season well yeah i mean i wanted to start off with the Birdman. um you know we hadn't seen him on the ice and ironically he's going to be backing up tonight for connor hellebuck in detroit because of what's now happened with eric comrie getting added to the list but and you nailed it i mean he had not played in a month he'd been through a lot and uh right back in no worries no goals against. What a performance. Yeah, I think he, maybe he was uh, sick of us talking about uh, Evan Cormier so much because he's been so fantastic for the Moose over his first four starts. So, uh, yeah, Mikhail Burden, I mean, he always seems to rise to the occasion in situations like that where the Moose may be a little bit shorthanded. They know they're going to need him, and uh, he stepped right up for the boys 
in that game did exactly. I mean, kind of said it, everybody just went out there and did their job and he made it look so easy. He was so composed between the pipes, so solid. And uh, it was just one of those starts where once it got to a certain part, a point of the game, you're, you're just looking at it. There's no way they're going to beat Mikhail Burden tonight. You just have that feeling about the game and now seven shutouts in his AHL career. Uh, Austin Piansky was a big part of the win last night, and um, what an exciting moment for him. He get his first game in the National Hockey League with the Winnipeg Jets tonight after uh, getting a taste of the bigs with the St. Louis Blues in the past couple seasons. Um, Phil, Jet fans in on Piansky, what you've seen from him so far this season and uh, what he'll be bringing to the table tonight, getting his first taste of wearing a Jet jersey. Yeah, very quietly working his way up to the top of the Moose leaderboard in points. First Moose player to hit 20 points this season. So he doesn't necessarily grab the headlines like a Gus Bus or a Cole Perfetti, guys like that. But he has been riding shotgun with both those two guys before they went on to the Jets. And now he's been a big part of the Moose top line with Malott and uh, Luke Johnson, who's back off of injury. They were absolutely key in a couple of the wins this past week. So just a solid player. He's going to go up and down straight lines and uh, do his job along the wing and he's got a little bit of a flair too he knows how to get to the net he knows how to create a little chaos and he has pretty good vision as well so uh, if there's opportunities out there he'll he'll take that puck to the net and make something happen well and uh, two other members of uh, the moose making nhl debuts tonight uh, dylan sandberg who uh, i think probably more has been talked about sandberg over the last few years being a second rounder was a guy that you know, Paul Maurice had said was going to be playing every preseason game, of course, had the unfortunate injury. I and mean, then Declan Chisholm, a young man that's been a big part of the Manitoba Moose for the last few seasons. Um, let's talk a little bit about the two blue liners that will be uh, right into the lineup and hopefully ready for uh, the show tonight. Yeah, very exciting. Always exciting when we see guys make their debut and... Uh... For those two well-deserved, I mean, you look at what Declan Chisholm has done the last couple of years offensively as a defenseman. It's pretty darn impressive. Tied for second in the American Hockey League in goals along with his teammate Johnny Kovacevic, who's unfortunately out uh, due to COVID-19 protocols right now. But uh, it, you know what? For Chisholm, he's a ton of fun to watch in the offensive zone. He's so confident with the puck, just able to walk that line beautifully. Such a smooth skater and uses his feet so well to help. Back in the other end, of course, important that you have to play defense as a defenseman every once in a while even with the Manitoba Moose uh, when they have those guys always up in the rush. But uh, uh, yeah, he just does he does a good job of using his feet to gain positioning so he doesn't necessarily have to worry as much about being a little undersized. And then on the flip side of things, Dylan Sandberg's going to use that weight. He's going to use that size to lean on guys. He's got good gap control. Uh, he's so quick with his stick. He can make those plays. And even when he gets into a little trouble positionally, as will happen for defensemen, sometimes you got to worry about those forwards. They're going to find some way to get around you. He reacts so quickly to developing plays as well and we saw that a few games ago where he was able to slide across and make an incredible block to save a game late for the moose so two guys that, that are no doubt very excited today to get into their first action with the winnipeg jets and we'll definitely be watching those game that game and cheering them on well and sandberg in particular i mean i think is going to probably be playing some significant minutes i mean with the addition now of brendan Dillon to the COVID list i mean he's looking like he's going to be playing with neil pionk so uh probably a good thing he's been playing the role that he has with the moose and the amount of minutes that he has because uh that could very well be on the docket tonight for uh, dave lowry's assignment for the rookie blue liner well, adversity creates opportunity, right, Huss? I mean, you look at for the Manitoba Moose over the last little while, all the new guys they've brought into the lineup and the guys who have stepped up the lineup. You know, a guy like Isaac Johnson, who's 
got plenty of offensive chances. Harold Eagle scores that big goal. Todd Burgess up to four goals on the season. All these guys that maybe aren't the household names, but it have made their way up the lineup due to all the guys missing. That's happening now at the big club, and it's guys like I mean, Jansen Harkins, I guess, getting back into the lineup today in theory, or Austin Paganski getting in. CJ Cease is going to play a little more. Christian Veselainen, Cole Perfetti. All these guys have that opportunity. So uh, we look at it with we look at it through the lens sometimes of all the guys who are missing. But you got to remember the guys who are there. And for the Moose last night, that's what it ended up being all about: is the guys that came together to pick up a win. And now for the Winnipeg Jets. They have that same opportunity. Dan, a lot of great comments in the chat about the work you're doing, Colin Moose Games on uh, CGOB.com. And of course, CGOB when people hear it. And I do have to give you a special shout out. Your call of the uh, last second winner on the weekend um, was unbelievable. But I was concerned about your voice afterwards. Was there any <laughs> ill effects uh, after the way that game ended and the way you dropped it down with that incredibly exciting game winner with one second left in regulation? Nope, all good. Just dieseling a whole bunch of water throughout the game and keeping everything rolling. So got to keep those pipes lubricated and uh, keep on rolling. Hey, you know what? Um, uh, I guess one good thing for the Moose is that, that uh, they're in Grand Rapids right now and the Jets are in Detroit and the Jets don't play again until Tuesday. And, you know, again, everything up in the air. I won't ask you about, you know, you probably don't even know. I mean, you'll find out like the rest of us as to what the Jets are doing with their players. But uh, I guess there would be a chance that one, maybe more of the players that are playing tonight or with the Winnipeg Jets tonight, depending on what happens, could potentially be right back in the lineup on uh, the weekend as the uh, Moose take on the Griffins. Yeah, usually we like to send in all of our our stat packs and scout notes and media notes to teams the night before just so they have it waiting for them in the morning. We won't be doing that tonight. We'll be waiting till tomorrow to find out what's going on. So that's a rarity for us. So it's certainly uh, interesting times. But yeah, the Moose, it seems like they're going to have some help coming as well off the COVID list. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to get some bodies back in the lineup shortly from that. And then they'll, of course, be hoping that a, a few bodies might be on their way back from the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow. But uh, I guess we'll find out. Listen, that it'd be much like the players do what you can do to stay off the list. Stay well on this road trip. Enjoy it, Dan, and keep up the great work calling Moose Hockey. Looking forward to these games against the Griffins on the weekend when uh, we'll be paying attention to those. And by the way, I think the Moose game is it Saturday night's game. That's the uh, AHL game of the week free for people to watch. Stole my thunder. I was going to chime in with that right there. So, uh, but first, thanks for all the kind words. Hus didn't get that in earlier. But uh, yes, Saturday's game, uh, AHL TV. It's a free view, so be sure to to log on if you have an account already. That game will just be available to you. Actually, all the games on that Saturday will be available if you want to turn it into maybe a double or triple header. Um, but yeah, the the Saturday night, it's a six o'clock puck drop. Derek Meech and I'll get going at five forty-five. And again, just log on or make yourself an AHL TV account and you can get it for free. It's a great broadcast from here at Van Andel Arena. Good quality and uh, great angles. So should be a rocking house as well. So we're looking forward to that one and hopefully uh, a few more familiar faces in the Moose lineup. But uh, as they've shown us, they don't care who's in the lineup. They'll go out, play the system and do what they can to pick up two points. Hey, thanks so much for squeezing us in, pal. Uh, best of luck to the Moose on the road trip. And we'll look forward to your calls and the game on AHL TV on the weekend. Hey, thanks for uh, hang, hanging out for me and waiting on us to, to get here to Van Andel Arena, Hus. Great stuff. Follow on Twitter at Daniel the Fink. That's Dan Fink, the play-by-play -play voice of the Manitoba Moose. Wow, been a bit of a whirlwind, this show. But, I mean, listen, we got lots to talk about. Um, uh, players going in and out of the lineup. Um, a big win for the Moose last night with 
so many new players and regulars out of the lineup. Uh, lots to get to. Let's get Remus back in here and let's get to our cool bet lines of the day. By the way, just while we get this teed up, I, I see guys uh, talking about uh, AWA Wrestling and uh, Mad Dog Vachon in the uh, in the chat. Um, it, Remus, are you familiar with Johnny Canine? No, that's um, AWA. I think is before before my yeah. time. Well, no, Johnny Johnny Canine. Johnny Canine was actually a WWF jobber. Like if you now you wouldn't be old enough probably to watch this, but some of the folks in chat yeah. certainly will remember. Remember the old Maple Leaf Wrestling, Billy Red Lions, Johnny Johnny Canine was what they refer to as enhancement talent. Yes. Um, last night, um, you know, I was paying attention to Vimelka doing his uh, number on the Leafs, and I guess on TSN they had the AEW wrestling. I caught some of that fun show, and then afterwards was the dark side of the ring. And, you know, so I had it on. I was doing some stuff on the computer. The first one, I didn't watch too much. It was about some crazy extreme Japanese federation. But the, the, the last one that I watched last night was, I believe it's season three, episode 11. And I see Schmidt faced and Jeff Kabilis. Remember, remember Johnny K-9. Uh, I had no idea what this. Johnny K-9 ended up being the leader of the Satan's Choice motorcycle gang in Ontario and ended up being charged with murder multiple times. If you have the op, if you remember Johnny Canine and coming out and doing his X above his, you know, when he goes out, you will be absolutely blown away by this. Now, um, I believe what Reem was, Dark Side of the Ring, is that a Crave product? I mean, I know they showed it on TSN last night. It's made by Vice, I believe. Yeah, it's made by Vice. I think it's on. They're on Crave, and if you, I agree. If you like um, wrestling, um, there are definitely some good stories. I've kind of picked and, and chosen the ones I like. I watched the Brian Pillman, the Owen Hart, uh, Chris Benoit. Um, there's some other ones. Brawl for All, I thought was pretty cool. Um, there's a Montreal Screwjob I watched. So there's some great, uh, great rat. It's very well done. Uh, even if you even ring. if you're not familiar with Johnny Canine, um, mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend this one. I mean, it's a very interesting mix of you know the early days of you know of wrestling and a guy like that you know from Canada getting an opportunity to both be up in Canada and south of the border, um, but then the double life he was leading and what was going on. Um, pretty crazy, of course. Like most people, to get involved in organized crime at that level, it often has a, a tragic ending, which it did. Uh, but definitely worthwhile checking out if you're an old school wrestling fan like myself. Uh, let's get to these cool bet lines for tonight. Um, and we'll start it off with this Jets Detroit game. I'm just going to quickly refresh because I have a feeling it, this line could absolutely be moving as we get closer to the 6.30 p.m. puck drop this evening. Uh, but a busy night in the National Hockey League. And uh, no, line's still the same as when we started the program. Jets a slight road favorite at minus 119. The Red Wings now at plus 101. Um, but let's talk about some of these player props tonight because this is maybe an angle that we can get into um, that we might not normally have. Kyle Connor to score back in his home pro, uh, home state of Michigan, plus 132. Pierre-Luc Dubois at 2-1 to one and Mark Scheifele's plus 205. Andrew Kopp's plus 250, getting a chance to play up in that top uh, in that top six. But as we mentioned, there's two guys that I think just out of principle, I will put a sprinkle on. Evgeny Svechnikov is just about 4-1 to one to score tonight at plus 365. 
And we mentioned Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti is five to one to score tonight and looks to be playing in the top six. We'll have some power play time. So some pretty tantalizing player props for this game tonight. I mean, you might be a little nervous about the game overall, Reem, um, but players like those guys in particular playing up in the lineup should get plenty of ice time. Uh, maybe a good time to uh, grab a couple long shot scoring props tonight on CoolBet. Yeah, I agree. I think because I said this before, because, you know, guys are getting opportunity. Maybe the um, the books haven't, you know, updated their lines for some of that. So I'm looking at to score a point. I don't see I don't see Perfetti or Svetch available. But um, if you want to bet on them to score a goal, why, why not? They're going to be getting opportunity. And sometimes that's all you need um, in sports. You know, everyone's got talent, but it's all about maybe who you're playing with or how many minutes you're going to get. And those guys are going to get more minutes than they've seen all season, I would think, yeah. especially per Perfetti. I mean... He's going to be with either, it sounds like he's going to be with uh, Cop Shifley or uh, Dubois Connor. I mean, they said, Lowry said he's going to, you know, switch, you know, start him off with um, Dubois Connor. That's where he's been all week, but he also was noted. Svetch has played there too. So um, we'll wait and see what, what happens. I honestly have no idea what to expect. We do know that two players will be taking the solo lap. Is it really a solo lap? I guess it's a tandem lap uh, in. Good point. Uh, Dil Dylan Sandberg and Declan Chisholm. And great for Dan to join us uh, rushing to the rink to get set up and, uh, you know, give us a little preview and discussion on what's going on with the moose because he had the craziest tweet yesterday where he's <laughs> like, uh, let me pull it up. He's like, the Manitoba moose won tonight and then listed like 20 players who were on their team to start the year that are no longer on the team. Either with um, the Jets on the COVID yeah. list, um, they were not there right now. Yeah, it may, was um, maybe not quite twenty, but let's see: Kovacevic, Noje, Shaw, Gawanke, Pole, Caron, Meyer, Hanel, Sandberg, Chisholm, Cease, Reichel, Perfect. I don't know how many that is, but that's that's a sizable number. That's like a whole roster, honestly. <laughs> it's like who did they have? And then he he posted the tweet after. This is who they who they had. So. Uh, you know, a couple list. guys in that lineup that uh, are already up with the with yeah. the Jets, including Austin Pagansky, who's going to be playing tonight. And of course, the Birdman that got the shutout last night will be backing up this evening. I'd imagine both of those players will probably, you know, take a cab to Grand Rapids afterwards, or someone from the Moose will go pick him up and get him back there, and probably play on the weekend. Um, and then coming through the weekend when the Jets are dark, we'll uh, get to Monday. Probably have a practice in the morning, figure out what the status of some of the players that are on the list potentially coming back are, and then head out to Washington to begin a, a heck of a week. Washington on Tuesday, I believe it's Nashville on Thursday, and then back-to-back -back matinee games in Pittsburgh and Boston on Saturday and Sunday. A very, very difficult schedule for a team that, as we laid out earlier, uh, the situation they're in right now, absolutely need to stack up some points. So very important game tonight in some difficult circumstances for the Winnipeg Jets. Other games this evening, Boston, a minus 256 favorite against the Flyers. Canes, huge favorites, minus 286 at home against the Blue Jackets. Lightning, similar, minus 244 at home against the Vancouver Canucks. We hit that Jets-Red Wings game. Other games, Islanders-Devils. Islanders minus 222 favorites at home. Preds, huge favorites. Man, there's some chalky numbers tonight. Minus 312 against the Buffalo Sabres at home. St. Louis is hosting the Kraken. St. Louis is minus 208 favorite. The Blackhawks minus 222. 
Blackhawks stink. It just shows how far the Montreal Canadiens have fallen and how decimated they are right now that the Blackhawks would be a minus 222 favorite against anyone. Uh, Calgary, similar big number, minus 244 against the Ottawa Senators. Both of these teams have uh, been waiting for a while to get back on the ice and have plenty of games to make up. Uh, the Penguins and the Kings, minus 145. Penguins favored on the road. They continue to play very well. And the Rangers, a road favorite, slight road favorite, minus 128 against the San Jose Sharks. But of those entirely 11 games, Remo, by far the closest betting line we have is the game tonight between the Winnipeg Jets and the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, and I was shocked. Uh, I was shocked that I confused myself on reading American uh, American odds on Twitter. I said the, the Red Wings <laughs> were a favorite at plus 116. Well, they were a favorite in my mind. I couldn't figure out how the Jets would be favored in this game, but they are, I guess. It's, and then we went through the Red Wings lineup earlier. I mean, I guess they don't have the top-end talent that the Jets still have in the lineup with Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Mark Shifley. So, uh, I... I mean, I guess you said to wait if you want to bet on the Jets. We'll see. One game. I mean, the one thing that stands to me is, yeah, the how many heavy favorites in, are in tonight? <laughs> like very Carolina over the Blue Jackets, uh, Tampa over Vancouver. I mean, these teams are real hot. Nashville over Buffalo. Some real mismatches here. I'm this never happens, yeah. but let's just for fun, let's just say we're going to take a bunch of these heavy favorites. We'll take Boston over Philly, Carolina over the Blue yeah. Jackets, Tampa over Vancouver. Uh, we'll put the Islanders over the Devils, the Preds over the Buffalo, St. Louis over the Kraken, Blackhawks no. over the Habs, and the Flames over Ottawa. There's no way. And what will that come out? You know what? It's just about 15 to 1. That's not Now, one it. of those teams is going to screw it up. Mark my words. What is that, an eight-game parlay or nine-game parlay? Um, yeah, something. That being not said, sometimes the Cowards parlay does come through, so uh, plenty of heavy favorites if you'd like to jump on it regardless of whether you want to bet the jet game or you want to put a sprinkle on perfetti or svechnikov to score or uh, just lay something down maybe for the weekend or of course the australian open still waiting for that draw to come based on what's happening with novak djokovic you can do it at coolbet.com make sure you use the promo code wst on your first deposit we'll get you a 100 bonus up to 200 on your first deposit listen i know we're well past three o'clock but a couple things we do want to get to uh, quickly, we mentioned Mike Miller signing with the uh, Blue Bombers. One more quarterback off the board. Dane Evans has an extension with the Ticats, and I guess that means in all likelihood we might see Jeremiah Masoli go elsewhere for uh, playing time and the money next year in the CFL. I'm curious who's going to sign him. Like who is uh, BC's got a quarterback, Riley. Uh, Sask is going with Fajardo. Uh, Edmonton, didn't they just sign Arbuckle? So the West yep. seems to be all covered. What, does he go to Toronto? Are they, who do they who do they have? MBT? MBT. He's not a starter. And Vernon Adams is. Well, in he was a Montreal. starter enough that they traded Arbuckle. Yeah. I mean, what about well, they um, finished first in the East? They, yeah, like some, somehow. What about Ottawa? They need a guy. I guess Ottawa. Yeah. I guess Ottawa seems to be the the fit for Masoli. Certainly, yeah. I'm still waiting to see about uh, Zach Caleros deal. And I, Dave Naylor did have a piece on uh, you know maybe some challenges in getting him signed. But certainly around these parts, everyone expects that Zach Caleros will be back. A uh, couple other hockey notes: I took a Rask uh, getting back into some game action tonight, uh, which will be interesting. And former Bruin David Krejci and former Jet Michael Frolik going to the Olympics with the Czech team. Ream. Yeah, the Olympic rosters are coming out. So I saw that was on Twitter. Team USA is announcing their roster 
um, their roster today. Yeah, I saw, uh, of course, you know, who, you know who leaked the roster already? Guess who? Frank Cervelli. He's already, <laughs> he's already ruined the reveal of the uh, expansion draft earlier this year. And here he is just tweeting out uh, the sources that show him and uh, Chris Peters, Team USA. I'll bring it up. Had you guys heard of any of the players? Uh, Jake Sanderson, I think he's on the list. Okay, yeah. Jake Sanderson. Uh, Jake Sanderson. Sure. Um, Maddie Berniers. Oh, Berniers. Ken Agostino, wasn't he in the NHL for a bit? Yeah, absolutely he was. Um, Nick Shore. That wasn't the one on the Jets. The Jets had Drew Shore, right? But yeah. Oh, Stephen Camfer, he played for the Bruins. Yeah, I'm not familiar. I gotta be honest, like I'm not familiar with any with a lot of these uh, a lot of these players. We're curious to see who's gonna be on Team Canada. That's for sure. But I'd say Team Oh Nathan Smith. He's on the he's a Jets. Yeah, prospect. no, Nick Sorry. Shore was the one that was on the Jets. That was I thought that was Drew Shore. Yeah. No, that was 40, I get them all remember? confused. Forty two games of Nick Shore here in Winnipeg. Forty two games. Sure? That's amazing. Wasn't Drew Shore? One, one goal, two assists, forty two games for Nick Shore with the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, so 42 uh, games? He played that many? Where was I? <laughs> he played 42 games. Exactly. Half an entire season. Holy crap. Okay, so he did. <laughs> it was that one. Okay, yeah. But yeah, Nathan Smith, is he's on the moose. Um, uh, exactly. Exactly. And yet, yeah, Nathan Smith. Well, he's the, um, he's the, uh, the draft pick. I think he's playing in the, um, uh, he's playing in college hockey, if I'm oh, not mistaken okay, okay. right now. Yeah, that's so, the other Nathan Smith that used to play for the Moose back in the day. I know it's very confusing. Anyways, love the oh, latest man. on Team Canada as they get going. Oh, and I meant to mention this. Um, yesterday on the program, uh, it kind of broke right after we uh, got off the air two days ago. Uh, but a belated congratulations to three Manitoban women who are going to be representing Canada at the Olympic Games. Of course, Jocelyn The Rock from St. Anne going back to her third Olympic Games, one gold, one silver. Hope she gets a gold medal, as well as Delarine's Ashton Bell and Brandon's Kristen Campbell in net for Canada. So uh, congratulations to those women, and best of luck to come back with a gold medal. Folks, we got to get this pod up because, of course, there's a game at 6.30. A big thanks to Tim Campbell for joining us, Dave McCarthy, as well as the voice of the moose, Daniel Fink. Don't forget, tomorrow, Friday, Marble Race, we'll have a game to talk about. We'll set up a busy weekend in the National Football League as well with the playoffs getting going on Saturday. So it should be a great show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you to Michael Remus. Thank you to our guests. And most importantly, thanks to all of you for making WST a part of your daily routine. And on the way out, a big thanks to our sponsors, F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, and Cool Bet Canada. Folks, enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.